Movement Watches was founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. The watchmaker's goal is to change the way consumers think about fashion by offering high-quality, minimalist products at revolutionary prices. With over 500,000 watches sold in more than 160 countries around the world, Movement Watches has solidified itself as the world's fastest-growing watch company. Movement Watches started just $95, and at a department store, you're looking at $400 to $500, bucks, buddy. Movement figured out that by selling online, they were able to cut out the middleman and retailer markup, providing the best possible price. Classic design, stylized minimalism. I said minimalism. You understand what I mean. Hey, there's all these watches. We have a bunch here. We use them when we wear suits. We being me, I don't know what the other guys do. You can get yours right now with 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movementwatches.com slash greggy. That's mvmtwatches.com slash greggy and step up your watch game. Wow, wow, wow. I don't have a watch on, but you know what I mean. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. You can't put a, pa- a piece of paper and a pen in front of me without me drawing something disgusting. Uh, draw to Batman. What are you going to draw this what time? Last time you designed it around you, the butthole. Uh, just introduce everyone else. Like, you can come back to me. We'll skycam it. We'll see what I come up with. Over here, the maestro of pasta, Colin Moriarty. Ooh. Hello. Maestro. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and right there, the pure one, Tim Geddes. Tim. Colin, I want you to tell me what's wrong with Tim's shirt. What's wrong with it? Yeah, other than the obvious that he's a grown man wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt. What's wrong with this shirt? There's a Mickey Mouse wearing red shoes over here. Nailed it. That's why Collins. Collins. It's true. It's in. It's infuriating that this one Mickey in this pose mm-hmm. has the wrong color shoes. We discovered this in the kind of funny morning show, right? That for some reason, whenever he's doing that pose, he's doing this like, oh, you yeah, scamps. Little, oh, you scamps. Pluto, stop rolling in your own shit. Yeah, there he is. You got a red shoe Mickey. I googled red shoe Mickey to see if it was a clever little like on purpose thing. Definitely not. No, this is just something nope. wrong with that that this one design of Mickey. This is the alt costume. It's like when your friend already chose the cool looking Ryu, so then yeah. you had to be like the other one. Is this from American Apparel? Where are we getting this Target? No, this is a Vans. This is from the old school Vans line. Okay, you might have remember this shirt as featured in season three of Love and Sex stuff. It of was course, in, in many episodes. How can that. we forget? Yeah, was that the one where you're in the park? Yeah, no, it was the one when we were at the Palace of Fine Arts. Oh, the Palace of Fine Arts, a lovely, mm-hmm. lovely place here. Mm-hmm. Nick, what are you drawing? Oh, no, it's a caricature of me. Oh, no, Kevin, Skycam. You couldn't have fixed it while we were all that time? Because you knew that was going to come, right? He was drawing something. Just saying totally it would have made it up. I set it up that I was drawing something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, we just zoom the camera in, by the way. Can't he just turn it on and then zoom there and like show people? There you go. Greg, Greg Miller, Miller poop head. Poop oh. head, not poop hard, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, poop hard works too. <laughs> you look, you look like works. you're pooping hard. I'm smiling too much to be pooping hard. Or is that my tongue hanging out? It's your tongue hanging out. Oh, okay. You go like this. You should have put some blackness uh, there then. Poop head. I'll put some blackness in it. Thank you. Fix it up. Give me some give me a little definition there. A little a little bit of a little bit of shade. Something in there, a shader. Please give me a shader. I'm gonna give you some teeth and a little bit of black. And then I'm gonna get the here's the poop. Oh, Kevin, here's my your five minute warning. A little black in his mouth. A little black, a lot of black. All right, everybody. If you didn't know, this is the Game Over Greggy show each and every week. Four, sometimes five. Best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, where 
You can back us, support us. Still get Kind of Funny Live early right now as of the initial posting of this, right? That is true. All right, cool. Kind of Funny uh, Live 2 will be free to everyone on February 6th right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. You can also get a whole bunch of perks, goodies, and exclusives. You can get your topic on the show like my topic's going to be when I start it off here in a second. Or if you want to give us no money, no big deal, head over to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny where we put up the entire show topic by topic, day by day, until it goes up as one big MP3 in video the following Friday. Mm-hmm. Now, to start things off, not start my topic right. at all. Not my topic at all. Just a bullet point to throw out there. We have, we have a gift. We have a gift? Mm-hmm. I like gifts. This comes from our good friend, John Carl. You might John remember John Carl. Carl. Studio 71. Helped Jonathan us when we Carl. Is it Jonathan? It is now from Whiskey and Waffles. Kind of funny. Since I've been slacking and haven't made it up to SF to visit the new studio, I wanted to send you some housewarming gifts. You'll find in here a Zizor, Bosik, and Luke in Stormtrooper armor. Shisor, Bosk, and Luke. These are for Colin, <laughs> Nick, Jesus. and Kevin to divide as they see fit. Yes, I'm even gifting Kevin. Tim, you'll find a classic Blue Ranger figure to commemorate yes. the Ismahawk video that you helped inspire. Yes. Finally, Greg, there is one last figure just for you. You'll know what to do with it probably for the rest of the episode. Oh, God. I haven't looked it up. The I don't thing's know about to get dark and nasty. Got this. Oh, see, there you, I didn't have to like oh, the mad dog around. you for the sky cam, Kev. You figured out that was going to be. All right, so there's Zygor. She's Big old Zygor. Oh, it's Watto. I, I get Watto. Yes. I know what to do with Watto. Like, nobody's disputing that. Nobody wants Watto. I want Watto. It's mine. Watto is mine. Remember the little Watto context? Watto is yours. Gone. Mm-hmm. There's, Those are there's Bosk. There's Luke. <gasps> let me and see this here. One. Can I see? I mean, Ranger. I know the Blue Ranger is mine. Yeah. But like, let me see Luke for a second. I remember, I remember getting these. Now, these are so... They've lost all of their value where they would be you could totally open them. That's great. Thanks for showing us that. <laughs> Just like last time. Yeah, they have these these were the ones that you you collected these too, right? You thought I have every movie. Star Wars figure and every vehicle and every playset and every package from including specials from ninety five to two thousand two. Gotcha. Moment. Was Watto with the data pad a big deal for you? Watto, uh, when episode one came out, I uh, or like so That's two weeks before episode one came out or so, the toys came out. And uh, this was in early May 1999, and my dad and I went to Toys R Us at midnight, and I bought every wa- every character from every wave and all the vehicles and everything uh, from episode one. And that was basically the last time I had uh, purchased. I guess it's not till 2002. It would be till like 2000, 2001, because I didn't buy any episode two stuff. But I had all the episode one stuff. Gotcha. Man. I just because I, now that I, you know Watto, we've agreed the best character in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I need. Yeah. People keep giving me Watto things, mm-hmm. and every time I get a Watto figure of any kind, it's Watto with data pad. I don't remember the data pad being so important to the episode one storyline, but clearly it was because they make a big deal every time of That's saying Watto yeah. with data pad. That Luke, though, and it, it wasn't this. I never was a fan of these little like 3.5 inch ones. I'm yeah. definitely a six inch guy in many ways, uh, but I always wanted the Luke with the removable helmet. Like there was oh this little it. collectible shop somewhere. Like, he got the power. Ranger. It's not mine. It's one of you guys. I got a power ranger, uh, but I didn't want that. Like I said, I wanted no 3.5. I wanted the six inch one. Wait, there was, those, it was like literally that big? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Those are like limited runs. These are They were different than... Oh. I mean, the, this, these is, are like this just feels too big to me. That's too, to be a little bit smaller. That's too big to you. Yeah. Yeah, see, you guys played Star with Wars little toys baby toys. But then, see, we hit a point, though, where these kids start playing with these giant toys. I don't like that. You know what I'm talking about, Big Kev? Yep. And the Power Rangers, and they're like fucking oh, eight feet tall. Yeah. Now, Prince... Oh, Zai- and then there's the giant, giant ones. When you walk to Target and there's the Leonardos that are like, oh yeah, they're like kid size, kid size. Yeah, the hell. Now Prince Zygor, is he one of these Timothy Zahn folks? 
You see, there's Timothy Zahn one they're the bringing Empire. back. He's from, Shadows, he's the Empire, from yeah. first Shadows of the Empire. Is that what Timothy Zahn wrote? Uh, no, Timothy <laughs> Zahn didn't write Shadows of the Empire. Uh, but uh, no, he's the uh, he's like kind of the antagonist in the in in. He's a gangster. In, yeah, in, yeah, in the book. In, he's the one. The book like, takes place between Empire and Jedi. It's a cool book. If you haven't read it, it is it a it. great book actually. It, it kind of, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it explains how Leia got that armor that she wears. In yeah, a lot of it is about that. And there's right. a character named Dash Rendar in it that's not really. Yeah, he's right here. Are you familiar that people are trying to legitimately say that Return of the Jedi is, is shortened to Return? No one has ever called Return of the Jedi Return. People were saying ever. it in it's the, the, same, in the Twitch it's the same, chat the other dude, day. Dude, it is the same people that when you say um, at at, they're like, no one says that. And I'm like, yes, everyone said that before you started watching Clone Wars and started watching Star Wars five years ago. But here's the thing about it. People used to also call ATSTs chicken walkers, and you don't hear that very often mm, anymore racist, either. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of Star Wars revisionist history going on. There's a lot on. going on. There's a lot of people that don't know what they're talking about. Did Rogue and that's one, one of the things that is, is disgruntling. Because I heard that. I heard I overheard when you guys were doing the show. No one has ever called Return of the Jedi. I want to be very clear. No one has ever <laughs> called Return of the Jedi Return. Return. Just to be habit. super clear. I was joking yesterday. Oh, no you really? one was saying that. In the oh chat. my god! I thought I thought people no, were no, saying that. No one thinks it's returned. Oh my god! <laughs> no. I thought you were totally serious about that. No, that was a joke. That Did Rogue joke. One actually say one of the things nobody liked? Though did it say ATAT -AT or at at something like that? Uh, they had ATACTs. And they said ATACCs. Okay. I could have sworn somebody tweeted after the fact that they were super upset that the movie confirmed one of those things. I'm sure someone's going to get very upset about that. Yeah. I'm sure someone's also going to get upset that I call ATATs at ats. I think it's sucking because I like Star Wars. You like pure Star Wars, real Star Wars, real Star Wars. Yeah, you don't pre like pre prequel Star Wars when we cool had shit. more innocence. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel about the Last Jedi? Is that that's the name of the uh, the new episode? It's fine. <laughs> what I'm curious about because Jedi could be singular or or yeah. or, or plural. So I'm, what Jedi. I'm curious about is like Jedi's is not a word. So also although Jedi is not a word either. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm curious Solid about points. I'm curious about what, if it means like the last group of them or the last person. Is it, 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 it seems like it's talking about Luke. I like the theory that the names all match up. You said that today, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Force, Force Awakens, Awakens, The Last Jedi. Now, he, now he's dead. Because like, if you look at them, mm -hmm. the two yeah, posters yeah, next to each other, it like perfectly lines up. That's cool. I don't buy it. The third one's going to be named some random ass shit, but who knows? Real quick to close years. the book on this. Prince Zygor here is 1.9 meters tall. No idea how tall that is. And then Dash Rendar. Uh, we remember when we worked tall. with Micah. Micah's aim name had something to do with Dash Render there, and I, not being a Star Wars person at all, I thought he was a fan of like Dasher the reindeer. Big fan like, of thought, Dasher. I was like, that's weird. Yeah. That's a really weird I've thing. I've always but been more of a Prancer guy. San Francisco, mm -hmm. let your freak flag mm -hmm. fly. Let your freak flag fly. My real topic yeah. comes from patreon.com slash kind of funny, where Aziz supported us once again to get his topic on the show, and he says, alcohol. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why people drink it. What's your opinion on it? I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. Alcohol really does suck. You drink it though. I, you I drink do. your Moscow mules. Yeah, I do. But it's like, it's, it's very unnecessary yeah. entirely. And if everybody just agreed to not drink it, they'd have just as much fun together. Sure. Not drinking. No, it. that's not true. I think it alcohol is loosens you up, gets yeah. you more talkative. But I mean, but then it's like, I, I feel like there's such a small window of mm. more talk. Like the, there's a quality of conversation sure. level that it, it just hits a point where you're, you're, just, you're just vapidly speaking. Yeah. You know? Sure. But I think it gets people to talk to each other a lot of times. It's an activity. We're going to the bar. We're going to drink some. We're going to conversate. I get that. But if you just change the activity, I think it would, it would be. That's when it gets really rough because there's so many. There's, God, there's so many activities I don't want to do. There's a lot of Starbucks out there, though. 
You know, go to a Starbucks, make some friends. But I don't want to go drink Starbucks at nine at night. Yeah, you do. Ten at night. You're just doing life wrong. No, I'm not. I want to go to sleep. I want to have a good sleep schedule. You have a terrible sleep schedule. Don't get yeah, but friend. that's the problem, though. Then you drink, and then you're hungover the next day. That's the thing. If hangovers didn't exist, yeah. then drinking, I'd be like, all right, it's totally, there's a lot more, uh, like, there's a reason to do it, and then it makes sense. Right now, it's like when you drink to a certain level, your next day is done. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Don't drink to that level. Yeah, I get that. Unless you're but calling like, a great, but I, but I have feel ridiculous tolerance for it. I mean, it's not even a tolerance thing. I think it's just mm-hmm. like it reaches a point where you're just like you're not at your A game the next day. Yeah, sure. Like you're you're dead. You're pretty much like I'm gonna have a. I'm betting that I'm gonna have a good night and willing to give up tomorrow for it. Good point. And I just feel like nine out of ten times it's not worth doing that. You get suckered into it, and you fucking like. Is that how? You, there's no time like the now. Is that what? Is, is that how you get suckered into drinking? You get suckered into it. That's what happened with you and drinking. Uh, I mean, over like back in the day. Even now, now, even now, what you're talking now, about. I mean, no, well, now it's just one of those things. Like once you do it, you just kind of do it. You know, like I'm not. I, I've. I never have thought about like oh, I'm not going to drink tonight. Yeah. Since I've started drinking, yeah. you know, it's like that's just what you do. If people are drinking, you drink. It's like mm, you know. But pressure. like, if it was up to me, I would just be getting cokes all the time and call it. A you day. can do that though. I There's know plenty of our like, friends who do stuff like that. I get it, but it's it's a, the, the get on my level conversation. It's not fun to be around drunk people when you're not drunk. Mm, so yeah, I'm it's like, true, it's true. I'm down to commit. I'm down to drink. I'm definitely down. I'm not against it at all. And it's like I, you know, I'll play the game. Calm. But I'd rather drink Coke. Drinking. Why do you do it? I don't know. I, don't, I haven't been drinking that much actually the last year or so. Uh, but uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy drinking and libating. Uh, I think it's, um, first of all, it's a very old. Sorry, what? Libating. 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 Like libations. I think. I not uh, either. I learn a new word. I, I literally learn a new word from Colin every day. <laughs> at least. He's a thesaurus. Read enough nonsense and you too will learn words. <laughs> I study um, you for that. I don't, I don't need to read. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I I like to drink, and I you know I think one of the things that is interesting about alcohol is that it's very old and ancient, and I think that it's uh it's it's a very old way of fermenting and and creating drinks, and for a lot of civilizations, it was the only safe way to drink and uh, to get like liquids in you, which is why beer was so you know so common, for instance, in in Middle Ages and Renaissance Europe. But I I think that uh so I think there's something in us that makes us want to drink that like it's 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 uh, civilizations unrelated to each other all many have stumbled upon the fermented alcohol mm-hmm. kind of thing the by themselves and like that's beer. not that's that's interesting and that's not really a coincidence so I think I think that there's something to be said about that but in terms of modernity and drinking or whatever like I you know I, I think it's important to you know uh, do it uh, within the context of what you're doing so if you're you shouldn't I don't think people should be drinking by themselves I don't really think you should be drinking every day but if you're going out and having a cocktail with dinner or you are you know drinking with friends I think that's fun and and I, I think it affects people in different ways, but I think that the common unifier is that it makes you not who you are. And sometimes that is good and sometimes that is bad. Mm-hmm. I, there's some people I fucking hate being around when they're drunk. And there's some people that I like that, that I love being around when they're drunk. And I actually think drunk Paula, um, I actually drunk think Paula's that good. I actually think that I'm, I, I, I hate mean drunks. Um, and I hate, obnoxious drunks and uh that's a pretty those are pretty common types of drunks but there's other kinds of drunks too the very talkative drunks or the very intellectual or philosophical drunks uh i personally think i become uh uh less guarded and less down when i'm when i'm when i drink mm-hmm. um and but alcohol is a depressant so that affects people in different ways but i i like to drink and and uh i don't i can't explain why and if but the honest answer is that if someone was like you can't like if someone for some reason was like you can never drink again i wouldn't like Dash yourself. On the I wouldn't rocks. like lose my mind. Right. Yeah. You know, like I would, th- there are other things that I would rather do, do than drink and you have to choose your vices in that respect. Um, 
but it's not, you know, if someone was like, you can never have a bourbon again, or you can't eat a cheeseburger again or something like that. I'd be like, well, I'll take the cheeseburger. You can take the bourbon. Yeah. You know? But but that said, I, I, you know, there's a place, a time and a place where, and I think that it's an age thing too. I don't think it's necessarily exclusively an age thing, but um, you know, if someone handed me a glass of bourbon when I was 14 at a party or something like that, I would have thought it was like gasoline, yeah. you know, like disgusting. But as you get, and then in the college, it becomes like, all right, well you mix it with things and you try to get We're it down. And then now like I'm 32, it's like, you know, I can, I, I drink bourbon neat. That's pretty much all I drink. So, um, I also think that that, that kind of context is important as well. That like, you know, I remember drinking my first beer at my friend's brother's graduation party when I was like 10 or 11. And I was like, this is fucking disgusting. And I remember smoking my first cigarette and thinking like, this is disgusting and all that. But then it's weird how it grows on don't you, right? I, that's anymore. what I always think about when we you shouldn't smoke cigarettes. Though. We threw our first house parties, right? When our parents weren't paying attention or whatever. And when we sent, you know, Chris's brother who was 21 to go buy booze for this party i remember you know you went around to all your friends who were going to this party and you got this giant list and it was like pucker and mike's hard lemonade and all these like things that don't taste like alcohol and i remember when we were we were getting ready to give him that and the money we were like well fuck should we get some beer too and it's Mm -hmm. like yeah sure and they got beer and like no one drank that beer no one was like yeah you know what i want we got miller genuine draft you know what i want an mgd right now that's what i want to jump on right now no nobody thought about that because it was you drank it it was terrible and then it was like when you got to college and it was like all that's readily available is Keystone light and all these and different Pabst. kegs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps you start drinking it and then you develop a taste for it. And then you eventually for something like me or whatever, want to start doing IPAs. Once I mean, I, I developed a taste for beer recently. Really? Like, I couldn't, I hate beer, hated beer forever. Like what, it was, just what like was the gateway to, for you developing a taste for it? Craig Miller. Yeah. I think. Like, like, like just IPAs being around drinks? him enough where it's just like, cause my problem is like, I mean, you guys all know this about me. I have a drinking problem. If there's a drink in front of me, I like to drink it and I like it. In let's, large, let's define this. You have a problem quantities. with liquid, yes. not necessarily well, an no, alcoholic it's like, drinking, it is a problem. drinking problem. Like, yeah. like it is literally, I just like to drink whatever the Liquids, hell it is. Yeah. So you drank gasoline in front of us once. Yeah, I did. It was in a cup on the ground. I couldn't stop. It was 91 though. Uh, so it was, but no, it's like fine. when I get Cokes, I get many, many, many refills. If I get water, I get oh, many, yeah, many, right many, many refills. And it's like, I know you are. Uh, but when it, when it comes to like, I, I prefer the harder alcohol, I yeah. think. Uh, but things like Moscow mules, I like that as like the more mixing cause just because there's more quantity mm. than when you just get mm. uh, like bullet, you know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the problem beer, is they catch beer up. It's like, holy shit, there's a shit ton of them. But yeah, the problem is they get expensive and yeah. it catches up to you very quickly. But with beer, you got a fucking they, biggest cups I've ever seen. Yeah. They're frozen cold cups. And I'm like, I'm fucking down with that. I'd love those cups if they would give me soda in them. That, yeah, you can get those in some places for that. Yeah, you, you can just do that, yeah. 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 But anyway, Freak flag, uh, so I keep up being with you all the time. I'm like, all right, I got to like keep up with this. And you I don't have to. I don't mean to incur- I don't mean that sounds bad when you say it like that. But again, we are talking about a drug. Alcohol in general, like why he's like, it's a great question. I understand why people drink it. What's your opinion? I've had so many hangovers where you wake up like, oh my God, like why I gotta, why Why did I do this to myself? And there's only been one ever where I woke up and I'm like, I'm done. I'm never drinking again, which of course didn't last. But it is that thing of like, there is that question of why and like, how does it get out of control? But there's always a turning point, a tipping point when I'm like, I should have a water now or whatever, but I'm having such a good time and I'm mm-hmm. in such a good flow or something and having a conversation. It is like, well, I'll have another beer and then that's the one too many or bourbon or whatever. Yeah, I'm right there. I mean, I'm right there with you guys. Like I, I, you guys know that I, I probably drink the least in, in this entire group. Um, and the reason for that was that I had a, I think it was like my birthday last year or something like that. We all went out I remember we had, yeah. had a ton of vodka for no reason. I was like, vomiting, yeah. and I just had the worst two days of my life to the point where I was like, I think I'm going to die. Like I almost had my wife take me to the hospital. I was like, you need to give me some pills, right? Whatever fucking pills cure this, 
Get them in me right now. I am not opposed to you shoving them up my ass to get them in my system. She's faster. like, here, drink Pedialyte. Uh, yeah, I mean, she literally was like, charcoal pills. Like, what do you, what do you need? I'm like, I don't know. I can't just tell you. Like, just put the Pedialyte in my um, ass. And she's yeah, like, no, it's like, just do it. it I want to boost the Pedialyte. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, my thing is, I just had a point where after, after that, where I was like, why am I doing this to myself? I don't enjoy this. I don't enjoy the taste of it. I enjoy the sh- the social aspect of it, and I agree that there is something to that. Right? There is something to everyone coming together and saying, hey, we're going to indulge in this in this vice real quick together um, and we're going to have fun and we're going to just kind of let go a little bit, you know, like forget about everything that's outside of this bar right now. And it's sort of a hypnotic state that you you kind of get yourself into and your friends get into where, you know, time passes like that and all of a sudden you're like, fuck, it's two o'clock. Yeah. It's pizza time. Um, but like I just, in the morning, yeah. I've never developed a taste for alcohol. I've never had a sip of an alcoholic beverage and thought, this is great. I need this. Not like I, I mean, I really, really got attached to cigarette smoking. Mm. Like I, mm would smell a cigarette and be like, it was the weirdest thing in my brain because it would, it would just trigger an emotion that said, that is disgusting. I need to have it. Like it was simultaneously disgusting and fucking awesome at the same time. And it still happens to this day. Um, so like I'll, I'll look at a cigarette, like your brother had a cigarette hanging out of his hat the other day. And I was just like, I kind of, I just found myself staring at it. I was like, and I don't want it. I haven't had a craving for a cigarette in forever, but it was, I just saw it. I'm like, I would smoke the shit out of that thing right now. But like last week was the first time I had a drink with you when we got one, all went to dinner. Um, I can't remember the last drink I had before yeah. that. It's a very strange thing. And then I just went on a fucking weird, like, let's be- let's do a bender real quick where I drank three nights in a row and then I got super sick. Um, <laughs> but you but you do, it, you do kind of like stop to wonder, like, this is a poison that you're putting in your body. Yeah. It's not really good for you. I don't care what studies are out there that say, like, having a glass of wine or two or, or a beverage. Well, well that's the thing of moderation. Like, I just don't, I don't, I don't, but I don't buy that ingesting this fermented poison into your bloodstream can be like I don't think the 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 downside outweighs, or I, I don't think it could possibly upside the benefits. Can, the yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I I just don't well, see that. There is no upside to drinking bourbon. The the, Not the bourbon the, you drink that no, like a ninety the, proof shit that like burns your insides uncut. <laughs> the um you know so there was a time I've always had this unusual um uh. I, I could I can drink a lot and I, and it's yeah. always and it's always been that yeah, way. Yeah. I don't really my, my my ability to drink is is strange and outweighs and outstrips my body size, even getting fatter as I am now. And and I I always there was a time when I was proud of that. Or I took pride in that when I was younger, when I was in college or something like that, or early on when I was like I can drink I can drink you under the table or whatever. Like and yeah. and then it was but then it, but then I was like but this isn't that's that's actually bad because either it's something inside of you like genetic or it's like that you drink so much and when i was at northeastern that you just become immune to its effects or whatever the the the, the two things i would add is that i've become and, and i think everyone generally becomes way more responsible when they drink the, the the longer they drink and the older they become mm-hmm. and so i haven't had a bad terrible hangover in probably six or seven years really uh like a hangover that has completely fucking debilitated just me no not you. years and years i remember the last one what uh, about new year's I remember after you, I texted you something and Aaron said you were passed out. On New Year's? Yeah. But uh, I couldn't remember if it was a cold or if it was drinking. Like, he said that he remembered. He can't remember the last gotcha. time. Gotcha. He blacked out for a couple of days. No, I mean, I, I, whatever happened on New Year's was probably just a normal kind of thing. I'm talking about like something where I wake up, I'm throwing up all day. Yeah, I'm like totally on place. the couch. I'm fucked up. I blacked out the night before, uh, all that kind of stuff. That has not uh, happened to me probably since 2011. I remember it. Um I remember. I just remember it was when Greg, right when Greg moved in. Um, but which party was it? Um, I did like uh, car bombs with Sean Norton at uh, uh, Neck of the Woods. We were out there for dance. Oh, it's terrible, 
terrible idea. Yeah, I remember that night. Is that when we had everybody back to the house? Yeah, that was a great party. Just a really bad that was a great idea. after party. Uh, but uh, so that was the last time, like, like where I got really irresponsible with it. Because what I try to be cognizant of, and I think, and I encourage people to be cognizant of, and it's sometimes hard to do in the moment, is just to really pace yourself. Like, I could probably drink six or seven old fashions before I'm really starting to get tanked. It's a lot of that's a lot of bourbon, by the way. That's it's like a half a bottle of bourbon. Just people like, sixteen ounces of bourbon. That's a lot of bourbon. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, but if you spread that out over, say, four hours and you drink some water in between or whatever, fuck, that would fuck me up. I'd be fine. And and the thing that I, the thing me. that I try to do, it's the same thing. Why, like, you know, like where I like no matter how fucked up I am, I always brush my teeth before I go to bed. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, there, nothing like there's no amount like because it's just like I'm so OCD about certain things. I have to do that. And it's the same thing with drinking. Like when I go home, it's like I'm going to drink as much fucking water as I possibly can get down. Like yeah. I'll drink like two pint glasses full of water. And if you can no matter I don't want to say no matter how much you drink, but there's a certain threshold where if you're just drinking a responsible or you're just over the threshold of responsible amount of, and you really go home and tend to that. You know, some people have their different their different cure-alls or whatever. I know Damon pops a few aspirins before he goes to bed and drinks like a glass of water or something like that. People have all sorts of different things that they do. Then that mitigates and helps the situation the next day because I've we've all been there where it's like I'm never drinking again, but it never sticks and it's not a good it's not a good way to go about your life. You have to just you have to use it as it, I find that it's an additive component to a social situation or an additive component to a meal mm -hmm. or something like that. It's like if you're if you're at home drinking bourbon by yourself for hours at a time, that's different. Listening to and I'm not trying Dan to judge anyone. it down, staring I'm at the TV. I'm not trying to judge anyone. You really snow. shouldn't drink alone. The 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 that's a, a, a rule. That's an important rule. I mean, if you want to buck that rule, have a bottle of wine, that's fine. But the general rule of thumb is to just don't drink alone. Then you probably don't have a serious problem. Yeah. Uh, if you're drinking alone often or have to drink every day or something like that, it's everything in moderation. I agree. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, so why? I don't know. But I think that what I was saying to Tim earlier and, and what I think is important is that we all, all these civilizations stumbled upon this in different ways. Like this is a, this is a human, very alcohol is a very human, very mm -hmm. ancient thing. And, Where lights uh, get fucked up. And it will always exist. It's the same. Let's get fucked up. Let's get fucked it's up. The same, it's the same way up. that other, you know, some, some civilizations like to smoke or, or do, you know, do psychedelics and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. that's not a, that's not a ubiquitous thing amongst all civilizations, but a ubiquitous thing amongst all civilizations, whether you're talking about the Cossacks with the, with their vodka or you're talking about, you know, beer in Europe or you're talking about all these different things, mezcal and, and all the, like it's all the same. Yeah. You know, there's more to it than just, I want, like, let's get fucked up though. I think, I think it's like, it's part of a, it's a, it's ritual for sure, but I think sure. it's part of an experience, right? Like Colin and I were supposed to go to dinner tonight. I've been looking forward to it since last week. And it was like that idea of going to Nopa and having like that fucking awesome lighting Nopa has an awesome food and an awesome cocktail and an awesome friend and sitting there and talk and like, you know what I mean? Like it's all these different parts that but come that, together but, to make this experience but greater. Here's my question for you guys though, because I don't drink often, but I do find myself in those social settings where people are drinking. And so I, I do get the, the, that sort of perspective of being a fly on the wall, um, and it is it is different. I mean, it's it's it can you can have fun when everyone else is, when you're not drinking and everyone else is. I'm not going to say you can't. Um, and there's a big I, and there's a big difference. I think in, in not to you know put it into age or whatever sure. too, but in when you're out with a group that's drinking. Versus a group that's out oh, there no. getting fucking wasted. Yeah, so you know what I mean? Like, like there's a difference. There. I don't mind going if I'm not yeah. going to drink for a night, or I'm dr or if I'm driving something and I go out and a few people are having cocktails. Right. There's a difference between our, our Christmas party this year, which was f super fun. Everyone, everyone but me, and I think your brother wasn't drinking either. But we were just kind of like I had a great time. I didn't even realize that I wasn't drinking. It was fun. It was that's because it was great company. Um, and but I got you know, when I was in my 20s, I used to not drink sometimes when we'd go to the comic club because we'd have to I'd have to be designated driver, and that was fucking torture because you would be it would be super fun at the beginning of the night. By the end of the night, you're like, none of you people make sense. Shut up. You stop all talking understand to me. each other, I think. 
but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just blah, blah, and it's just hot breath. Yeah, that's yeah. all you hear because people were like they don't have yeah, spatial yeah. relations, well, so they're this close loud. <laughs> God damn. Um, but I will say that like I think I honestly think that people use it as sort of for that reason, but they don't need to. And I think the the general problem I have is that once you hit a certain threshold, there aren't that many fucking things you can do with your friends in a big group setting. Mm, you know what I mean? True. Like, that's you also can't, true. Like, what else can you do on a Friday and Saturday night other than go to dinner or go to a cocktail? Like you really with eight people, you know what I mean? And even going to dinner gets really tough. Yeah, even going to dinner gets tough. So you're like, let's just meet for drinks afterward. Let's go to a bar. And that's why I think you're seeing a rise in like board game culture and stuff like that, and the fact that more people are playing that stuff because it's easier to get people together to come do. I would fucking when I I used to say like when I was uh, right out of college. By the way, I made it like super dark right there. Just say no, I know it's my asshole. I saw the drawing. Um, You drew me spreading my ass. I'm ghost seeing it up here. Yeah, you're killing it. Kevin doesn't, he doesn't care. When, when I was right out of college, when we didn't have any money and all I would do was like serve food, you know, I, 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 we didn't have a lot of money to go drinking and so we didn't want to spend anything really. So what yeah. we would do is go, we, we found an all night coffee shop. We used to play Trivial Pursuit yeah. or Domino's yeah. and just drink coffee. And it was like a $5 a night. If, unless someone had to always, you know, it was your week to buy the pack of cigarettes. You had, a, it was $10 a night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was awesome because you know, you just, you just sat and fucked around and conversed and you didn't need necessarily that crutch. Um, so yeah, I mean, my, I would love, I would actually love, and I thought about this for the longest night, if we had a revolving like game night that happened every like like you know Saturday night or Friday night. We didn't feel the need to go out, go to someone's house, just sit down and fucking play board games. Yeah. I think it'd be hilarious fun. Granted, that might be more fun if we were drinking, but still. I, mean, I, do, geez, I end up doing both. Yeah. Me and Curran and all them, like almost I'd say once a month we do like a thing where we go to his house and play Jackbox and That's like, fun. now VR shit and like um like, taboo. And games like that, but there's there is alcohol involved as well, which is fun. No, yeah. yeah. I'm not again. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's it's not necessarily something you have to take out of the equation completely. But if uh, you know, sometimes I think people when you say, "Hey, we're going to go to a bar," then the expectation automatically cooks over your brain, like, "Hey, we're drinking tonight," you know. Whereas if you go to someone's house, maybe that's not the case. Maybe yeah. you're just you're just going to someone's house, so there happens to be alcohol, maybe I'll have a yeah. drink, maybe yeah. I won't. It changes the dynamic of the situation a little bit. Definitely. But that's the biggest problem to me, especially when you get married, right? Where you're like. Like I barely see you. I mean, I see you guys at work, but we don't see each other socially that often. Yeah. So it's like, what do we do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like what are we gonna do? I don't know. Yeah. Like, we went out to, but uh, case in point, you and I went out to dinner last night to do some stuff. Yeah. Um, you were having wine. Some I was. Stuff. I was having Diet Coke. Yeah. You know, and I was judging you hard. Were you? I was like, here I am trying to fucking seduce Nick, and I, you know, I'm making yeah, it as I easy as I can for him. So one step away from this with all the wine I'm drinking. All you have to tell me is that I'm pretty and I'm yours. Oh wow. Okay. I, I I'm most attracted to the girls that are attracted. Complimenting to me. you. Yeah. <laughs> All that's right. that's something that's a yeah. that's a deep look inside Colin, what's your topic uh well donald trump is president and uh people seem to like and dislike in equal measures when we talk about donald trump so let's talk Ooh. about him again uh last so there's all sorts of things he's he is he was sworn in 45th president of the united states a lot of people seem to focus on and it's fun to focus on the uh the things he says and the uh the the the, the, the botch kind of shit and all that you know like his his, his, press, his secretary. Orwellian press secretary and <laughs> kellyanne conway's now descent the madness that's all fun and interesting spicer doesn't like dipping dots I'm on his side. Greg's nope. coming around on Spicer. Fucking idiot. I don't. I want to go that far, but I'm t- like in the scale. We we put it. We put a pebble over here. And we're like think- beef with Dippin' Dots, like real beef. This goes so many years back, and that's why I respect him. Nah, and I respect man. that he's taking a stand and he's sticking by it because Dippin' Dots the suck. Wrong side. It's ridiculous. You know what happens? Some someone needs to get out there. No, they have engaged. They've rolled over like the fucking spineless dogs they are, rather than say take a flying leap. Uh. So instead of talking about those things, which is fun and 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 and, and interesting, uh, and I think useful and important, 
to talk about the temperament, for instance, of the man or his, or his staff and and again their descent into complete madness. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the thing I thought I would rather talk about is policy and see what you guys think about these 10 sure. things. So I went on PBS and um, they, you know, because uh, I got to use it's not Obama. Trump uh, signed 10 executive orders since he became president. Mm-hmm. Obviously, to get legislation through, you have to get it to House and the Senate. They have to put it in the committee. They have to reconcile the bills and then they have to vote. And then he has to sign it. So this these things take time. So something like the wall, for instance, or the complete repeal of Obamacare or anything else like that's going to require uh, Congress to do that. Right. And so that's going to take time. But he can do more immediate things by signing these executive orders. So I thought I'd go over the 10 things that he's declared and see what you guys think of them. Okay. Greg's taking notes, by the way. He's not drawing pictures of buttholes. I wanna uh, do, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to do a yay or nay thing for myself. Number one, the first thing he signed, uh, the uh, rollback of the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. It says, mm-hmm. Mr. Trump, and these quotes are from PBS, they're not mine. Quote, Mr. Trump has allowed all agency heads to waive requirements of the Affordable Care Act to quote, maximum extent permitted by law, end quote. So this basically uh, delivers what people have long called the death spiral um, of of Obamacare, that right. without particularly the uh, mandate of everyone buying insurance, then the insurance policies will start to collapse, which is going to happen mm-hmm. soon. Um, overall, he's going to, the, the, the House, I'm sure, is going to get rid of Obamacare completely. So but didn't, uh, they, didn't he say his plan for Obamacare was basically, like, one of his spokespersons said well, the plan is to let the states decide still, which is pretty much Obamacare. Yeah, so, <laughs> so what I think, one of the major, so if you go back to 2009, 2010, one of the major things that wasn't in Obamacare that people wanted, that conservatives really wanted, that I would have actually been on board with and, and actually supported the bill more, was the idea that you can buy insurance anywhere. So right. uh, a Californian right now under Obamacare can only buy California insurance. So uh, if, if the insurance company doesn't do business in, for instance, or cannot do business in California, then you cannot buy that insurance. And there are some states that literally have one insurance company or two insurance companies doing business, mm-hmm. so they can just charge you whatever they want. So the idea here that we proposed a long time ago that, that Trump wants to do, and I don't know if it's going to work or not, is the idea that um, a person in Louisiana can buy their health insurance in Michigan. And then the insurance that they had, the idea is that say the policy is a hundred, I'm just using that random as a policy is a hundred dollars in Louisiana. It's $90 in Michigan. Now the Louisiana company realizes that it's losing all of this, all of these customers. So now their policy becomes $80. Right. And then the people in Michigan. And so, yeah. And suddenly all the prices start to drop. I mean, that's just the market working and that would, is the way it would work, but, but they, didn't, the they wouldn't allow that. taxed as is though. I mean, are, like even with these regulations that are there, aren't there, isn't it already starting to collapse? Yes. Well, that, primarily because, Insurance companies, Obamacare is a disaster. I don't, I don't really know anyone that actually thinks Obamacare as it is should stand. No, it's terrible. Uh, it, it caused it, prices have gone up. The, the 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 complete fable that you can keep your doctor that was total bullshit. Yeah, everyone knew that was bullshit. Is terrible. Absolutely. The, the Nancy Pelosi thing of you'll understand what's in it when we pass it was totally true because it was so big and so bloated. So, but that said, I, I guess we can do the yay or nay or the talk about specifically. Do you guys think that the Affordable Care Act should be rolled back because this initiative basically starts to starts that process under the guise that they will replace it with something else so that people with because a lot of people have been saying, oh, well, you know, you don't care. You don't have pre-existing conditions. I'm like, actually, I do. I had skin cancer and I have chronic stomach problems my mm-hmm. whole life. I would be completely uninsure and uninsurable. Greg would be even worse. Yeah. So we, we agree with those kinds of things. And I also agree with keeping the people on their policy until the 26 and all that kind of stuff. So so that's number one. Does anyone have any thoughts on that? Mr. Trump has allowed all agency heads to waive requirements of the Affordable Care Act to the maximum extent permitted by law. So it'll basically start its death spiral. I'm with, I, I, the thing about this is, and I, I feel like it's kind of both. I don't mind, let's, let's, let's get rid of Obamacare, let's fix Obamacare, let's change Obamacare, whatever. Let's start Trump Care, any of that crap. I'm fine with that. The problem and why I say I'm against what he's saying here is the fact that there's no plan to, ready to go. 
If they if Republicans were building their own plan right now and were like, all right, cool, Obamacare sucks, he's Muslim. Here's Trump care, here's Republican care, and it's this, that, and the other. And as soon as we turn that switch off, this switch comes on and everybody's going to be okay. And it's, I feel like they're just jumping out of the plane right now without parachutes. I agree. And so that's my problem. I don't mind. And I thought that was like Obama's, you know, paying so much attention leading into the election and after the election stuff. And like, all, you know, Obama's parting words and interviews were all, hey, I don't think it's perfect either. If you're going to take it, if you have something better, great, yeah. let's hear what it is. But let's, let's not just it. destroy. Let's not throw the baby mm-hmm. out the bathwater here. And I feel like that's what's about to happen. Yeah. My thing is also like, I, I don't care what it becomes. The only, the only thing, my only caveat would be that you can't, you have to keep the clause and that doesn't exclude pre-existing conditions. Yeah. But you the, cannot, the, you cannot have people who are sick that have healthcare right now that are covered under premiums suddenly lose their healthcare. It's no, just not. And I, I agree with you. And that's I, insidious. I, and to to what just to save money so these fucking this this broke ass system can actually continue to work. It, well, got, it has to crumble. Well, what Greg was saying is actually the big thing because, and I think it's it's worthy criticism that there's no, the Republicans I think because they didn't anticipate that they were going to win. Uh, well, they mm-hmm. knew they were going to hold the House and probably the Senate, but they didn't think th- you can't pass anything with the president unless you have a two thirds majority uh, to override his veto. I, they didn't. They don't have a plan. That was that mm-hmm. was the craziest thing. There was a lot of criticism of that being like, you guys don't have a plan. And I think that they, if they were honest, they'd probably be like, we really didn't think we were going to win. So like we didn't, yeah, we well, didn't spend our. Because it, it costs, it costs it, the higher administration is not huge on being honest. They're being transparent. Well, I'm not talking about the, I'm not talking <laughs> about the administration because it's not really up to them to, right. to, to like. But Paul Ryan and those guys, like, it costs money to to and and resources to like hire smart people to be like go into a room for a month and come up with the you legislation, plan, right? Um, and they never, and so they didn't want to spend that money that way and and those resources. And I I understand that, but at the same time, it is legitimate uh, to say that they don't have a plan. So I agree, and I think that that's why there's going to be some. Der- der- Derision about this because specifically, I agree that there should be no no gap in coverage. But there is a a legitimate, and I understand that people don't like this argument, uh, especially left leaning people. But nonetheless, there is a legitimate uh, small government. Um, sticking point with this, which is the idea that you have to buy something. Who is the federal government to tell you you have to buy anything? And the only way the exchanges work is if you have to buy insurance. So. There is that sticking point, and I and I don't know that it's a sticking point that's overwhelming or not not able to be overcome from my personal orthodoxy, which is very loose. I'm not really right. an orthodox like c- conservative at all. If something makes sense, then it makes sense, but it cannot work. It's the same thing with Social Security and Medicare, and why they won't want, don't want to privatize them. It cannot work unless everyone pays into it. Yeah, yeah I don't, so, the problem with insurance from a top level though is like you kind of de- you're you're not buying something. You're buying something in the hope that something doesn't happen. You know, and I think that, yeah, it yeah, is everybody that, needs to act on it together to, in order for that type of thing to work because it needs to be able to cover the people that it does need. Hopefully it's not you, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the problem is like you talk to anyone, the, the, the only solution to any insurance market is to not get sick because the problem is when people have, where I'm not, I'm okay with people being forced to have an insurance policy if that insurance policy actually works and covers them, but it doesn't. Like if you look at any of these affordable care act policies, you're not getting shit. You're gonna, you're still no, gonna they're terrible. We looked at you them before sick, we got fucked. That's no, it. I, I agree. Just, there, there, are no certain, there are certain positive things that I think need to be. I think that there are like so the seven thousand or ten thousand dollar I think family limit for spending a year and stuff like that. There's important things in there that stop people from going bankrupt and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. This is a very complicated issue, and it was one of those things I was talking about with someone on Facebook where you know talking about you know universal health care, Medicare for all. I'm like, I just want to reiterate, there isn't a society in the world that gives itself American style, the quality of American health care. I understand the quality of American health care is not the quality of some health care, but it is very good. We have ha- more than half of the best hospitals in the world and some of the best medical schools sure. in the world and make a, a dominant amount of the medicine 
uh, from American pharmaceutical corporations. Yeah. So at the at the core of it, we know what the fuck we're doing. It just has not dispersed yeah, well. Just, it's everyone, like the common man can't go to any of those things he so, just talked about or so there, get any of those pills. So there's it's it's one, it's one or the other. But with those things said, there isn't a society in the world that gives premium healthcare, which we do have in the United States. Whether anyone wants to say that or not, we do. Uh, the 270 or 280 million people that have insurance through their corporations and the companies they work for have premium healthcare. That the there is no society of even 150 million people in the world that give. Their all their people healthcare. None that, like Japan at 100 and 105 million people have quality universal healthcare, but in China, which is a billion people, they don't have quality healthcare. When you have to scale to that size, it's really difficult. And 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 when everyone's like, well, Denmark has universal healthcare, I'm like, Denmark has the population in New York City. So you, we need to scale it in a way mm-hmm. that makes sense. And it's going to be very hard. And it's going to be very expensive. And the one thing that Obama said again, I'm I'm going to cite that Bill Maher interview that was so fascinating. One of the things he talked about is, and he said, and he admitted was that like you can't just destroy one-seventh of the economy by saying we're just going to give it to the government now you can't do it so like you would cause a depression mm-hmm. you know so it's it's we'll give what it's it's complicated the but right now i think system. the i think the path is to make it better you cannot get rid of it and i think that that is the path in the medical system you idiot I understand. number two regulation freeze quote the president has frozen all regulations now in progress and process but not approved until they are approved by him or an agency after he took office this means any regulation signed by former President Barack Obama in his final two weeks in office, including some that deal with energy efficiency standards, are on hold until they're reviewed by Trump's administration. Now, the, the thing about this, that, the thing that he says about this, and I think this is an important caveat, is, and I think it's, I think it's reasonable, is that the, he wants all of his cabinet in place before anything else goes through so they can approve or disprove the new things that are already in the pipeline. So he's not saying like this, this thing that passed three years ago by the EPA is no longer law. That's not what it says. What it says is that things that have not been approved but have been passed to be approved are now frozen. Um, and I think that is perfectly reasonable. I think it's reasonable. It's unfortunate and scary, but it's it's reasonable. If I was leader, I would want to be able to do that. You know, mm, that's I good phrasing. Wish, of it. I just that's wish, good phrasing. I just wish it. that I agreed with. Well, I feel like his, I feel like a lot of these things though are are pretty common when there's a big shift in the administrations, right? Like whenever there's an incoming president, and you hear this all the time in like Hollywood. Whenever a studio head takes over, they always look at the projects that are happening because they don't want to take responsibility for when those things go south. Yeah. Right. So I totally get that. It's just a matter of like, what now is he going to approve or disapprove of, and how fucking cataclysmic is that going to be for the world? I think the general loosening. I was watching. So I, I, maybe I'll link out to it on Twitter or whatever. People can find it. Obama had a bunch of CEOs and smart corporate leaders, including Elon Musk and a bunch of other people at the White House, and they had a meeting. I watched the whole thing. It was like 15 or 20 minutes, at least the one that, that they put out. Fucking completely reasonable Donald Trump. Like, I, I had never seen him like that. I was like, why couldn't you be like this the whole How time? How long ago was it? Uh, this was yesterday or two days ago. Oh. And one of the things that I was I was like, seems totally normal. Everything you're saying seems totally on the up and up to me, and I'm being, not being facetious at all. Right, right. And one of the things he was saying was that they want to cut regulations generally, that like it's too hard to get anything done. And I and I agree with that. Like There's just too much red tape and too mm-hmm. much regulation. We even know that from owning a small business. Now imagine scaling that to the size of Microsoft. And okay. imagine what they have to do to get anything done, to build something, to build a plant, to build a factory, to manufacture something, to get FCC regulations for their computers. I mean, it's probably a fucking nightmare. And he was saying, and, I, and I've read this as well, that there are some companies that hire more people to do regulatory work than to actually make the product. Yeah, that's not acceptable. And so I think that that that's fine. We'll see what this this could lead to good or bad or neutral. I don't know. Number three, abortion. President Trump has ordered that federal dollars cannot go to organizations that provide abortion services. This seems on the face of it totally reasonable. To was me. that was that local or overseas? Uh, was so NGOs this was were... aimed particularly at overseas organizations. Right. But they want to parlay this into the whole renewed fight for Planned Parenthood and stuff like that, which doesn't really take money for abortions. I'm pro-choice, but I think it's reasonable to expect that the American taxpayers 
of which at least half are pro-life, if not more, that that money doesn't go to abortion services. That's fine. Doesn't mean that abortion is illegal. You know, it just but means that someone, someone of a conscience. But isn't it fair that this is the first shot fired in that war again? It's right? not going to happen. I'm not even worried about that war. That war is never going to happen. Like it's like it's not, it's literally Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade is not going to get overturned. It's not going to happen. It's this, just this is it not would be good, a riot. Like, like if if that happens, this, this isn't good. Just for the the kind of demonization of the the whole thing. The administration, it, yeah, yeah, everyone's I, worst fears. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, or like I, I don't like this one at all. Yeah, I'm against this one. Yeah, me too. I, I'm, again, pro-choice by conscience, but understand also that a person just doesn't want their tax money going towards things that could be used for that reason because then they feel yeah, responsible but, for it. It's a, it's a, it's a principle yeah, and philosophical point. Like, I don't want my tax money going toward fighting a war in Syria. Like, well, I don't want a war in the Middle East, but Fair I don't point. have that choice. So, like, I, you know, I mean, I, I get that this is a Republican administration and I, I'm skewing more and more liberal these days, but, like, uh, same token, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's already a law that it's legal in this country, so I don't understand why we're taking funding away, well, how that's going to matter. Trans-Pacific Partnership. This memorandum withdraws the United States from all Trans-Pacific Partnership negotiations and signing the trade deal. So the Trans-Pacific Partnership is a trade deal, a free trade deal between Pacific Island countries, Eastern Asian countries, the United States, Canada, Mexico. So, and I think some even South American countries. So in the ring of mm -hmm. fire, basically, where all the earthquakes happen. Dope. Uh, this would create kind of free commerce uh, and trade between a lot of these different com companies and allow the United States to um, uh, to enter some emerging markets, basically, too. Like Vietnam. when was this signed uh, in? I mean, not that we don't have a market there already, but this, was this so this, was this, Obama this, this is Bush. So Obama. So this is this is Obama, but this is complicated because um, so Bush started it, didn't he? Possibly. I don't know anything about that. Okay. Trade deals take a long time. NAFTA took forever. And we'll get to NAFTA in a minute. I think. No, we won't get to NAFTA. Oh, you're not going to put NAFTA? I guess does, NAFTA. Does he want to renegotiate that, do you, though? Yeah, that has to be renegotiated. I was reading, by the way, just as an aside it about NAFTA. the worst deal, possibly ever. Our, our trade deficit, and this is serious stuff, because he's right. NAFTA is a terrible deal for the United States. But na uh, the our trade deficit with Canada and Mexico increased 30 times since NAFTA passed. Mm. 30 times our trade deficit is higher, 30 times over. Since NAFTA, since NAFTA was passed, mm -hmm. says everything you need to know, and is also responsible for at least a million job loss, jobs lost. But uh, this particularly is just a trade pact with Pacific Island or Pacific nations: Japan, China, Korea, etc., and so on. That would um, open markets for everyone. Hillary Clinton was against it until she realized it was politi politically expedient to be for it. This is something I think that actually Bernie Sanders is against. So this is what I was talking about when people were mad at me. Where I'm like, there's actually some significant overlap between Sanders and, and Trump's economic policy, particularly when it has to do with trade. We're not talking about social networks or taxes. We're talking mm -hmm. about specifically trade and free trade and, and protecting our, our stuff. So this memorandum withdraws the United States from all Trans-Pacific Partnership negotiations. So basically, this was in the process of being ratified by all the countries, and we are withdrawing and no longer ratifying it at all. Um, so the other countries will be able to be partners with each other if they want. They some sort of free trade organization. The The positive part of it is that this will allow us to raise tariffs if we want to if we want to uh, have protectionist policies, which is what we're going to have. Whether you think that's good or bad, that's what's going to happen. The negative, as a lot of people say, is that this will allow China and possibly other associated countries, Russia, maybe India and others to dominate that area of the world with trade, which is bad for us. Um, I am for withdrawing from this. So I have no I have no personal problem with this. This is above my pay grade. So yeah, it's very complicated. We're already trading with them. This just makes it we, we won't trade with almost everyone. Yeah, it's just a matter. So like people. So when you say tariffs, you mean on imports? Like when we yeah, import so protection other foreign goods, we can charge them a, a specific tax on that. Or right, free trade at, at the base level means that you can manufacture a trinket in Mexico and sell it here at for whatever you want with no border tax. Right. Uh, 
and that the idea is that if someone's making the same trick in the United States, paying a living wage in the United States, then they cannot compete with the Mexicans who are, you know, as an example, who are charging five or ten percent of what they would charge for this. So adding a tariff, which would eliminate free trade, means that uh, that the the idea of a tariff is to basically make it competitive on on the domestic level. So now that trinket in made in the United States and that trinket made in Mexico are worth the same amount. So you would just buy American and destroy the Mexican right the Mexican industry. Gotcha. Um, so this would open up borders so that kind of stuff wouldn't happen anymore. But it's important to note that right now, even under Obama, we have 12,000 tariffs on the books for different things. We have huge tariffs on Chinese tires. We have tariffs on all sorts of random ass shit mm -hmm. to protect our industry. So this isn't exactly new, but what he's talking about is basically having protectionism, complete protectionism, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I think we need to be more protective. So I have no problem with this at all. Based on that little bit, I'll say I'm for it. But that's based and again, on it very can be explained much better, knowledge. And it can be explained much deeper than that. So you guys can go read about it. Number five, federal hiring freeze. The president told all agencies they cannot fill any vacant positions nor open new ones with two exceptions, military personnel and critical public safety positions. I'm completely for that. Yeah, I'm kind of for this one. I feel like this shit needs to have it a little bit more. When you look through, we're like, we don't need that. We don't need that. We don't need that. Like, I feel like if he's really going to make do a good on some of his promises, this is a good first step toward that. Some of the good promises, at least, you know, cutting down. Some but is the hiring freeze going through to figure out what they need and don't need? Or is it so they're hiring his kind of people? Uh, presumably it's to to call the numbers. Okay. Like, for but, instance, but, uh, I mean, am I wrong? In they're going to hire like, their own. They're going to hire their own people. There's no Obama people oh, yeah. left. You know, so it's so that can't possibly. And that's their right to do, by the way, because yeah, that's absolutely. the administration. But presumably this would be like, OK, we're going to we're going to vastly decrease the amount of uh, uh, bureaucracy that goes into tax laws. Right. We're gonna we're gonna simplify the tax laws basically. Can't so wait. Theoretically speaking, this would be like okay, we're, we don't need this many people at the IRS. Am I stupid in saying that? Or no, no, that no, make, that, no. That's that exactly right. If the if the tax the tax code right now is the reason you need to hire someone to do your taxes is because no one understands it except right. for the people that it actually study. It's ridiculous. It's like going yeah. and getting an engineering degree. It doesn't make so any. You're sense. telling me he's making less jobs for the people. Well, the government's. The, I, I'm all about purging as many people from the government as possible. That's me saying that, by the way, not not him. I mean, this is just. I, I don't know what that. That's those are my words, not the. Not there the should be fewer that. government jobs. The government's job, like that's what I hate when everyone's. I'm like, cut the IRS, and they're like, well, thirty thousand people lose their jobs, and I'm like, it's not the federal government's job to employ these people. Yeah. Like I don't. I, I, I don't want to say I don't care. So it's sad if someone loses their job, but that's not. That's <laughs> not. That's, yes, it is what Uber's for. So I'm for this. Number six. This is six and seven. Because there are two <laughs> pipelines. Uh, he says allowing Keystone and Dakota access pipelines to go through. We are still awaiting details on the language and scope of this of action. But President Trump told reporters his actions today make construction of the controversial pipelines easier. So Keystone pipeline and and, and Dakota access pipeline are these two different oil pipelines, both mm -hmm. controversial for very different reasons. And Keystone, they just got done basically having a fucking demilitarized zone. Oh, no, that was the Dakota right? access. Oh, that was the Dakota. Yeah, okay. that was the Dakota. So, so. The big one, Keystone has been going on forever and ever, and that would basically bring oil from the tar sands in Canada down to Houston. But it's going over private land. Uh, right? right, exactly. And th some private land. It, right. It's imminent domain, and it gets very comp Imminent domain is a very complicated issue. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. For people that don't know, imminent domain is basically the government saying, like, we're taking your land. Right. Uh, you have no choice. We need it. Now, we're getting it. Yeah, like, we need it for this reason, and we're going to pay you for it, and you're done. Uh, and I, I have a liberty centric problem with that at the same time. But if the, if we had laws that said like the government must pay you five times what your land is worth or something like that, then right. I'm like, fine. They, they just made you rich. Just get off the land. Sure. But I mean, yeah, get the fuck out. <laughs> obviously it becomes, you know, a moral and ethics issue when you're, when that land's been in your family or, or been in your yeah. culture for thousands of years, thousands sure, of years but like hundreds of years has issues and like doesn't have the means to move and right. money isn't really what yeah. they're looking for. Yeah. No, I understand that. And that's why I'm, I'm kind of mm, laissez-faire at the very least on eminent domain yeah. where I'm like, I don't, or eminent domain where I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about eminent domain, but 
Um, but nonetheless. But then it becomes a complicated issue because, I mean, it, it, the more we can be reliant on, on our own fuel sources here, the better off we are in the world, right? We don't need it for Russia. We don't need it for anywhere else. Well, that's the big so thing. And this is a question this is, of like, where do we want to play in the world here? This is the conundrum with this stuff. This, um, the oil, I mean, this goes back, but the oil coming from Canada, from like Saskatchewan, Alberta and stuff like that, it's dirty oil. It's, 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 it's tar sands. You have to do a lot of like fucked up shit to get that oil out. Um, and, uh, some people argue that it uses just as many resources, not like fossil fuel resources to get it as it does to come out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the, uh, the fracking is another big issue too, because it's causing massive earthquakes Destroys water, um, and it's causing water, water table <laughs> problems and stuff like that. Um, it is an ingenious thing to do to get oil out of the ground, but it is obviously having ramifications. There are earthquakes in Oklahoma and Nebraska. Like there's no fr fault. Fracking there. is just high pressured, like, like shooting shit, shooting into the shit, ground, into the right? water into the ground in order to get the, get the oil, oil to come yeah. up. Um, but I support this nonetheless, because the, the reality of the situation is we should get to green energy. That's an important thing. Um, we should get to the renewable energies. We are getting there. They're becoming more reliable. They're becoming mm -hmm. cheaper. That's great. But that is not possible yet. Oil yeah, is the lifeblood of the of, of the world. And if you like people are like just cut it out. And it's like, what do you, you can't you yeah. can't. So like you're going to, to destroy us. It has to be a long transition. Yeah, exactly. It's going to take 30, 40, 50 years for us to get off of oil. But like you start the process of doing that now. And at least we have the oil domestically that we can trade. It's a trade chip. Mm -hmm. We have way too much of it now, which is awesome. So we can sell it. And thanks, Tesla. And we can. And it causes it causes like natural gas, for instance, is so cheap. Natural gas is so cheap in the United States that it's actually people are actually going at like North Dakota, which is a boom town, basically or a boom state for, for natural gas is like dying now again because natural gas is so cheap that they can't even they don't need to get anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it, you know, it, it's caused complicated economics, but at least we have the, we can control our destiny with this kind right. of stuff in the seventies during the oil embargo. We fucking wished we had this kind of oil infrastructure that we have now because you know, then we didn't have to go to the gas station once a week to get our gas and hope that it was there because we were dealing with OPEC and all these kinds Wait of things. in line for like two days. <laughs> so this is an important thing. And I will say this, someone brought this up to me. Like, this is a, and I said it back. This is a, a this is, this is going to require a lot. This more than almost anything is going to require a lot of, um, uh, people coming to a table and compromising with each other. Can I, you know, and it's true that the same people are bitching and whining about this and wanting green energy. are The ones that fucking don't want nuclear power, you know? And I'm like, we can build a hundred nuclear power plants around the country and totally solve some of this problem, but you don't want it. Why? Mm. Because Fukushima, which is over a fucking fault line happened, you know, build them in the middle of the country away from everything. Build them in safe places. Have all these fail safe so that if they start to melt down, we can shut them off. Right. You know, well, but like let's not have nuclear power is the cheapest energy that is yeah, possible. But people, people hear nuclear and they think that's going to be radio radioactive isotopes happening for the rest of our lives. We have to bury somewhere in the well, desert. Well, it is. And we're going to have to bury it. But, but or, or, or like I've been saying, <laughs> figure out a way to shoot everything into the sun. You know what I mean? We still say that's a bad idea. It's a great idea. Thank God, we didn't have any Thank God we didn't have any nuclear waste on Challenger. Or uh, <laughs> we would have had nuclear winter for, <laughs> for Oh my god. Oh my god, dude. It's, it's total non sequitur. I was watching this documentary about Big Bird. Uh, there's a great documentary on the uh, Sesame Street character. Sesame Street. Carol. Okay. Uh, Just making sure I understand. Carol Spinney's uh, the, the the guy the name of the gentleman that played Big Bird. Anyway, long story short was did you know he was supposed to be on that flight instead of the teacher? On that on that show. Oh really? Big Bird? They were going to send Big Bird up because Big Bird was like at the time and still is, I guess, one of the most culturally recognized icons. So we're going to send up the costume and everything. The costume and the guy. Is that and really the, true? The reason why he, this is what the documentary said. The reason why they couldn't, they, they, they scrapped it like a few, like a week before because they didn't have room for the costume. It couldn't have been a week before. She was, I mean, she was training was, maybe forever. It was, maybe it was before that, but at some point, relatively close I, to the flight, they were like, I'm sorry, you can't do this. <laughs> and he was like, cool. And then they cut to him like, like he was like, and then we're watching it. 
and then he just goes up. And what was it in the costume? No, he wasn't. I love the idea of Big Bird wearing like one of those old Soviet yeah. circular glass yeah, yeah, yeah. helmets. <laughs> and they're like, and it looks very cool, but he can't breathe inside. And so he gets up to space and Big Bird's dead. Uh, number eight, pipelines must hire American. As above, we are waiting to see specifics, but the president told reporters his actions require that pipelines be built by American workers. That's totally fine with me. Um, and kind of an, a given. I would, well, not necessarily. I, I would say I'm fine with that too. Uh, the t- pipelines themselves, I'm, I'm, I need more information on both those. Yeah. I feel like... They're sure, we need oil. They're different issues. And that's the problem. Sure, we the, need oil. Do we need to steal this stuff? It's Native American land. They've been fucked over a lot to begin with. All these different things going on. Keystone and Dakota are very different. People should read about them separately. They, mm-hmm. They're totally different issues. Dakota Access got a lot of attention. That was one of the... I mean, yeah, they were like spraying water on the protesters mm-hmm. in sub-zero of weather. And it was fucking horrible, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Number nine. Expediting permits for infrastructure. Again, we don't have specifics yet, but this action seems aimed at making high priority infrastructure get through permitting procedures more quickly. This is a kind of a boring one, This, th- but this goes through to his thing. He wants to spend a ton of money on infrastructure, which is, makes him very much a Democrat, which is why I have no idea how he's even a Republican. But yeah, like again, this is one of those ones. This sounds like a great thing. This sounds like I like it. The fact that he's the one that's doing it is a scary, scary idea. But like, why you think it's because some of his companies are going to build this? But I, I'm all <laughs> or his friends' companies about that. Just like, what's the infrastructure to, to do? Is it to create a fucking Death Star? Like. I don't, I'm not down with it. It was very clear that airports in America suck. And as someone who's in America, airports a lot, he's welcome to go ahead and get get on that one. I'm down with this infrastructure thing because I do believe that infrastructure is the most important thing. I don't like it when we just go out and just make ideas because that's when all these problems come. That's when the regulation comes Mm -hmm. in to fix the problems. It's good to go back and be like, all right, from ground up, we're trying to fix something. I just, again, worried about what is going to be done with it. But I, I think this is a good idea overall. I think so too. I think we have, I mean, we, we have to invest in infrastructure um, it will put people to work. It's going to cost a lot of money, but we can cut elsewhere to pay for that. And number 10, and the final one, speeding up environmental review and regulation, says the White House has not yet posted the language of this action, which the White House says is aimed at expediting the environmental review process for some projects. So this is basically what I was talking about earlier about the red tape and all that kind of stuff, which I'm totally fine with. As a personal, as a personal anecdote, not that it has to do with corporations or anything like that, like my father is building a house on Long Island and has been going through red tape for almost 18 months on his own land. We own this land. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what well, is it up to code? And is it environment? And it's like, it's our land. You know, like, how yeah. is this? My dad's about to like lose his mind over this, over this bullshit. Yeah. And so again, dealing with it on that small level, I can only imagine what it's like to do. Now I'm not saying you should just fucking knock down the forest to build a factory in the middle of it. But what I'm saying is that if it's a reasonable thing, you have to balance environmentalism. And I consider myself an environmentalist. I think the national parks are great. I think it's important to conserve. I think it's important to get the green energy, but we have an economy and people yeah. need to work and you can't have all of this nonsense there's a reason not to do everything you know this, and, guy, and this is this is one of those ones like abortion that scares people right because this is one of those ones that's like this is when we look back on this this was the beginning of the end for the entire world as far as climate change is concerned right like anytime you do anything time trump comes anywhere close to the epa it scares everyone across the board you know what i mean yeah i understand that but the he, beginning, didn't he appoint someone isn't the head now of the epa the guy the guy that doesn't believe in fucking uh global warming during his uh during his his confirmation hearings he said that he does believe in it but he doesn't know the extent to which human activity affects it which is actually something i somewhat agree with where i'm like global warming clearly is real right global warming is clearly at least partially if not significantly if not wholly attached to human activity but the earth has been way colder and way hotter than this so, and so is it is it 90 percent human activity is it 
50% human activity? Is it 100% human activity? I, I personally want to know. No one really has the answer that's to that the, question. But that's the question, right? Isn't it his job to figure that out? And shouldn't well, we his, be investing it's, resources it's, it's, in that? Sure. If but we only have 50 years left on this planet, shouldn't someone figure that out? I think that so we can I, all stop having I think kids one of the, start throwing a party? I think one of the things that is, is a problem with the environmental kind of situation is like, well, uh, the sequel or the the, the spiritual successor to uh, in, An Inconvenient Truth is coming out or just premiered Al Gore's mm-hmm. famous movie oh, really? from 10 years ago. Interesting. And when you look at that movie, like you can see, and not that I'm saying it's right or wrong, but you like I remember watching that movie in college and the he's wrong about almost everything like like a lot of that movie was like 10 years from now this is going to happen 10 years from now and everyone's like but none of that happened mm-hmm. you know or a lot of that didn't happen it's the same people that were saying that like peak oil which is the idea that there's going to be that oil production is going to go down precipitously starting at the time in which most oil is taken out of the ground was gonna happen in the 70s it still hasn't happened you know so like we just need to calm down and figure out what the facts are. And I think the facts are that humans are significantly altering the, cl- the climate of the, of the world. Sure. And that there might be other factors, but we cannot control the solar factor. We cannot control all these other things. As the farting an, as cows. An, yeah, what did you say? The farting cows. The farting cows and all that kind of stuff. What I, I think what people Which have to understand, though, is that... It's a big deal. That these things, these things, these random events in, in, in geo- geological events, for instance, uh, a, vol- a volcanic eruption in the 1812, 1813 caused the Earth's... Uh, um, it was called the year without a, a summer, which I think was 1815 in which like it was snowing in Massachusetts in July and like all sorts of weird shit. Like the, the, the climate like fuck it and fucks around based on all sorts of different kinds of things. There was what is called a little ice age. I was reading about the Vikings recently that about right now in San Francisco. No, it's not what's happening right now. It's fucking cold. It was the third ice age movie. Got it. Sorry. There was like a little ice age. There was a, there was a, 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 a warming period and then a little ice age back to back in which I was reading about the, the, the colonization of Greenland by the Norse mm-hmm. um, starting in like 700, 800 up to like, you know, uh, Leif Erikson and all these guys and why they abandoned ended up abandoning it uh and abandoning their post without any real signs of uh of attack or or famine or anything like that in the 1450s 1460s and they were saying that a lot of it has to do with with climate that it was really warm for a while and they set up shop there and then it was just decades and decades of cold like a, a precipitous cold the earth is just doing random shit mm. based on volcanic eruptions based on tectonics based on solar activity so is that I, I'm curious about what is going on in that realm as well. Sure. In addition to the obvious evidence that implicates the rise of industrial revolution and industrial uh, and, 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 uh, like that. And, 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 and industrial activities and carbon to clear warming that is happening right. that needs to be mitigated or stopped. But I'm not quite as calamitous about it as some people are, because I think that I, I just think that we can reverse it. And I think we still have a little time. To be fair, people much smarter than me, scientists much smarter than me with clear agendas, political agendas, also say that we don't have a lot of time or that it's too late. So I don't know what the fuck to believe. But what I do know is that the evidence, the scientists, it's the same thing. Like, I don't understand the science. I don't understand the math. But these very smart people are telling me this is true. And so I believe them. I mean, that's that's basically my whole Mm -hmm. my whole kind of thing. Like, why would they lie about that? But I'm also very curious about is it 90 percent? Is it 100 percent? Is it 80 percent? I think that's valid. But we can still do something about it. You know, mm. so anyway, I thought it was interesting to talk about those kinds of things because that's what's happening in the first weekend or first three days. Yeah. Uh, 
as opposed to the more predictable things, because we can talk about all the other things, and it's fun and it's interesting and it's scary and it's apocalyptic, and I understand all that. Where do you come down on his thing today about how government organizations can't tweet or whatever, or put out facts when he's talking about? I don't have all the information about that. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. On on. Uh, it sounds very again Orwellian. It sounds very scary. But I do not know if that was a policy under under, under other administrations, under other departments. It doesn't seem. I've never heard that. Yeah. So I don't think it was. But no, I don't think that that's. He is um, a small and thin-skinned man. Yeah. And uh, if you needed any more proof and evidence of that, just watch the first Sean Spicer uh, press conference, which was some of the most dystopian through the looking glass shit I have ever seen in my entire life. I like I when I was watching, I'm like, I can't believe this, that you're just sitting here lying. Yeah. Like and, and arguing about mean. things is petty bullshit. Who cares? Yeah. Like someone. At some point, he, it's clear that he, he's his own man and, no one, and he's not going to listen to anyone. And he is good, so he will rise or fall by himself. He could be a folk hero in the United States if all this stuff happens great. But he's going to fucking eat shit if... Uh, when he has this guy out here talking all this shit about dipping Dots. Again, that's the one point where this man's making a lot of sense, though. And where I'm like, Spicer, you, you got some spice. Not everyone's 100% like evil. That. Is that what you're trying to say? Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. Some people got Even Darth know. Vader had a little bit of you know, good left in him. In sand. Uh, what I also never had haven't had the chance to talk to you on inauguration day when they um, he starts taking down like the LGBT part of the th- this thing the um, climate change all that shit. Uh, where were you coming down on that? It's is that it's within know, his I, rights, it's, it's, it's but seems, it, it seems ha- much to do it about nothing in the sense that like he's putting up his policy prescriptions. He doesn't. I personally don't believe Donald Trump's pro life, and I personally don't believe Donald Trump's anti gay. I just don't like. Uh, what do I? Why do I say that? Because of the things he said in the past and the way he acts. Um, and the things he also said at his acceptance speech at the RNC in which he talked about gay and lesbian people and transgender people in a, in a very positive way. But I, I, the reason I think those things were removed and I think what people are going to learn is that he just doesn't care about social issues. He doesn't. Like, I just don't think he cares. Like, I really think he's all about economics and immigration. I think that that's it. And I think that if the status quo was kept and gay marriage was legal, which it is, the Supreme Court not, you know, ruled on that, and uh, transgendered rights are going through and all these kinds of things, I think he's probably totally fine with that. I don't think he cares. I think these are the only fights he felt like he had to fight because of the evangelicals. So I mean, We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah. We will have to see. And I, and I, I, believe, I, I believe in my heart that I, I know people are scared, and I get that, and you have every right to be scared. I don't really care you know, what, you know, if you're scared or not. It's totally up to you. I'm not trying to tell you not to be. But... If I were a betting man, if someone told me I have to bet money on certain on a certain thing here with regard to this, I'd bet that nothing changes in that regard, like for better or for worse. I bet you it just stays exactly the same. His 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 he doesn't seem to be focused on. I mean, even read all the things like those 10 things. None of them except for one have to do with social issues. Yeah. Nine things have to do with economics. He didn't even touch immigration there. So it's it's. That's his obsession is jobs and because that's going to win him a reelection. That's going to win him support. And he's obsessed with numbers. He's obsessed with people liking him. See, and that's I the think thing he knows like, that that's not going to win him any any friends. Like I just what's weird I about that's it, how he operates. You and you, you're like, you know, I don't think he cares about social issues. I think he cares about I, I don't I can't imagine him caring about anything other than optics. You know what I mean? Because that's all he tweets about and talks about. And granted, like it's been a few days of him in office. But I keep waiting for that moment where I told you, I will buy you a new bottle. Go on the internet and find a bottle you enjoy, and I will buy it for you. Uh, it seems like that's all he cares about, right? And so I don't know when he's going to start feeling more presidential and act, acting like he, and not acting like, sorry, everybody, I now I'm Mr. Adult, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, just talking and staying on message, not going to the CIA in this room that fa- honors all these fallen CIA people and talking about the ratings for the inauguration. You know what I mean? Like, especially because, it's, especially because it's, it's just, it's just petty and, and small. Like, I, uh, 
I, I don't understand sending out. There's two things I don't understand. I don't understand the press secretary taking that order. If I was the press secretary, but I'm not doing that. So, you know, like you can do it or it's just not going to happen or you can fire me. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's the second. The second thing, like someone there would do it, but he doesn't have someone has to stand up and be like, I'm not. This is so small, dude. And Sean Spicer should be very scared and very skeptical of his relationship with the st- like you got to have some sort of rapport with these people, man. Like whether they clearly don't like you and you clearly don't like them and that's fine. Well, he just lost all credibility with America on so, the first day of the administration. So it's concerning. And I think that they just have to keep their heads down and, and get this work done. The thing is, is that if this stuff works, I think that there's a lot of very valid criticism about his policy prescriptions. I think that that's totally fine. For instance, the idea that protectionism doesn't stop the global swell away from industrial jobs and towards automation. That, In other words, that like we will just, these jobs are just not going to exist regardless of how much we will them into existence. And I'm like, that's fine, but we could will them into existence for 20 or 30 years until we figure something else out. That's also fine. You know, in other words, just saying like, let's just throw our hands up. The robots are coming. Well, the robots aren't here yet. So let's figure out in the meantime, this person has to pay his mortgage in, in Michigan. Let's give him a job. You know, and if he can do that kind of stuff and, and be a stopgap, then he could be a popular president. The big gambit is protectionism and whether or not that will work because the protectionist, the protection, what, what happened? Mm, sorry. I was playing with the camera while I was listening to you. Yeah. The protectionist switch is that is the, the, the gambit of protectionism is that you protectionism always hurts the consumer every time the consumer always pays more. But the trade and and and, I, and people are like, why do you support that? It's going to cost more money to get your stuff. And I'm like, that's fine. More people will have jobs. There'll be more capital. More people will have money to be able to buy those things. And I would rather have. That's the reason why I have some protectionist slants is because I would rather pay ten or twenty percent more for some things and have five million more people working with money in their pockets that can buy those things too, as opposed to cheaper goods and eight percent unemployment. You know, it's just, it's just that's just my trade off. I think that we have to kind of be a little more concerned for these people and then get to the obvious conversations that we've had earlier about is it time for us to start dealing with the fact that we will have permanent under, under unemployed people that we will have to have maybe some sort of uh, national income or something like that, you know, but that's decades away. In the meantime, these people have to live. And so that's why I think that it's it's OK to do it now, but we'll see how it all shakes out right now. Put dipping dots out of business. Uh, Tim, it's your topic. But before I kick it to you, I want to remind you that this episode has a Patreon producer. His name is Michael Trees. Thank you, Michael Trees, for your support on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Of course, you can all go there, support us for different reasons, get different shows, do different things. Tim, what's your topic? Before we get to my topic, I need to know, Greg, what was that? What were you... So I understood you were talking about... It was about, a thing between like, me robots. and the audience. It was yeah, a thing I between want, me and the audience. Maybe you should go watch the episode. Kayfage. I saw the whole thing happen. I want to know. He was. You were talking about the robots. They're not here yet. And he goes, or oh, are they? Looks at the camera, does some thing with his arm, then takes the pen and starts going like that. I think what it was... was now, can I guess? Was it, a, was it the Terminator scene? It was, was, like it was me hinting hand, maybe like, I'm a robot and I didn't feel pain clearly. If you are a robot, then you need to be reprogrammed. My topic topic is stand-up comedy. Oh! So uh, this has kind of like hit me from all angles in my Mm -hmm. life, I feel, in the last month or so. Uh, We did our New Year's resolution episode. Nick was talking about how he wanted to do a stand-up thing in the future. I want to make that happen. I'm interested in that. wanted to work on it, whatever. Um, Drucker showed up. Right. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Just appeared. Yeah. Um, I I knew he was coming. I brought him Kind of funny morning show yesterday. And uh, he was here for the SF Sketch Fest. Right. Yeah. And for the SF Sketch Fest, I got to see the Guys We Fucked uh, podcast do their stand-up. Yeah. It was like semi-stand. It was more of like a uh, kind of like a the performance. Had, it was a performance sure. like panel thing, but like it did include two 15-minute stand-up segments. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I moved in with Gia recently, there's been the question of like, what do we watch mm-hmm. on TV? Like just when the TV's on. Sure. Like when she's cooking, I'll, I'll be working or whatever. And it's hard because like I don't want to commit to like watching a, a real show. They have to like follow the narrative and like no, no man in the high castle. None of this like 
nothing should that we have to pay, pay attention, attention to, to yeah, right? Yeah. Like, nah. Uh, but it's something that we both need to like, you know, get on the same level and be able to discuss because we like talking. It's kind of our sure. thing. And I think stand-up comedy is like that perfect perfect level there sure because it's just like you can watch a bunch of different ones that you find someone you like mm-hmm. and usually they have a couple specials netflix fucking just gives these things to you yeah there's so like all netflix is is documentaries and stand-up comedy granted i understand guys i'm very late to netflix but this is happening now and uh, i'm welcoming you into my life i've watched a lot of stand-up in the last good month yeah and i'm super into who, it who are some of your favorites uh john mulaney yeah, is definitely he's got two specials on Netflix. Right? He does, and uh, we—I first heard him on our um, drive back from LA that we did. That's right. At some point, where we listened to uh, "New in Town." Yeah, and <laughs> that special, I think, from top to bottom, is just like fucking perfect. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. Very good. Yeah. But his new one on Netflix, "The Comeback Kid." Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, you liking it? Oh, he did good. I just keyed that up. I keyed it up the other night. I started watching. I started watching that a little bit, and I'm like, with stand up. Sometimes you have to get used to the guy's voice a little bit, you know, like not his physical voice, but just his, his style of comedy. So I've gone through like eight or nine of them and finally found Bill Burr's uh, latest special. And I was like, oh, my God, this I've never listened to like heard a, a Bill Burr stand up act before. Fucking blew me away. I so see, funny. Bill Burr, I need I've never heard need to get into it. recently <laughs> went out with uh, tone deaf and he was talking about how. Yeah, he's his favorite. In the, yeah, like, Bill Burr is I mean, Bill Burr is like comedy royalty. Um, he's been around for a very long time and he is just fucking funny man i yeah. don't know any other way to describe the guy like he has yeah. some bits that fucking floored me for me like back in the day my only kind of um knowledge of stand-up just mm-hmm. came with like kind of whatever came my way so it was a lot of just like the random comedy central specials yeah like, even like yeah. just the roasts and stuff which were like yeah. contained stand-up segments um so i'd be familiar from that but then there was like russell peters who was really big mm-hmm. you know, still like, huge russell peters oh is he really huge now yeah holy shit russell peters is probably one of the biggest stand-up comedians on the planet which is crazy. He sells out arenas in like Europe, yeah. like, like soccer fucking arena. It's crazy because he's on. He does podcast rounds every once in a while because he's obviously fr- they're all friends. And yeah. so you'll hear him. He just come like he's just bawling up right now. Man, I, I mean, it must have been like it was like I was downloading his shit off of Kazaa. So that must have been like 2005. Yeah, think about that. But like, think he never stopped. But he never actually did a mainstream movie. He just kept doing a stand up career. Mm. Like, I mean, I get he's done some movies and things like that. It's unfair to say. But he never did what Chris Rock did, right? Which was go. I'm going to stop doing stand up because my movie's career is taking off, and I'm going to start producing and like directing and like being a, a huge star. And that's what kind of catapulted him. Similar to what Kevin Hart's doing right now too which is like over the past three years kevin hart's gone from being predominantly thought of as a stand-up comedian to being a huge movie star with yeah. three movies coming out every year that like the movies are so good like he's had so many movies i think this latest ones is like it's called something like what is this called or what is this about question mark i can't remember i think it's like what happens really? now yeah it's crazy it's That's hilarious awesome. um but yeah but russell peters is huge so. yeah well anyway russell peters i remember being really into and that but the, the first stand-up special that i remember watching like uh top to bottom was john leguizamo's <laughs> Uh, for uh, sexaholics, man, that shit was fucking awesome. Me and Kevin were little ass kids. We watched that shit so many times. I thought it was like the like funniest was thing, funny, man. Yeah, shout out to Luigi. Yeah, yeah it, I think there's just a certain, in my mind, a certain romance with stand up comedy that may or may not be the case. But like, you know, there's there's something cathartic about it. There's something therapeutic about going up on stage and complaining about life, and being able to say whatever you want to say under the guise of this is social commentary. I'm a comedian. Like I can I can push the boundaries of what is acceptable to say. Uh, Greg and I went and saw a great stand up uh, last night. I think it was five comedians at Sketchfest. Yeah. Uh, Mike Drucker was number two. He was phenomenal as always. Um, but, you know, they said some shit in there where you were like, if I said that over dinner with people who didn't know me. I would be looked at as a pariah at that point. But, you know, because because you're in that setting, you all sort of agree to be like, we're going to listen with sort of this open mind mm-hmm. and, and be willing to, to laugh at, at these 
ridiculous things, um, you know, it's acceptable. I think the rise of stand-up right now, and probably why you're more, more conscious about it or conscientious about it than ever, is because of the election. Because the Trump-Hillary, like, clash of the titans brought out every like it was comedy gold for every stand-up company that's comedian. every election right it seems like that this always was ramped up. i know i, mean, was, I feel like this was like sure. way more ramped up than i ever. see i would go the opposite where i think honestly streaming's brought stand up so to too. a different level because i'm definitely i have i'm i'm catching with a lot of the older shit i'm staying okay. away from any of the but it's uh, like every time you sign on to Netflix now, here. there's a new stand-up special. Yeah, and Netflix I, that's what I went and did. And Gabriel Iglesias, right? Like Gabriel his, Iglesias, his was up. Yeah, what? Am I fucking that up? Or you, do you know no, who I'm I mean, talking about? Like, he, you, so you just watched it for the first time? I mean, no. I'm saying what I'm saying is he just has that new Netflix special, and every day I get a dozen tweets because he opens it talking about Portillos. Really? And, and, and these people taking him to Portillos. He's, and he's like a fluffy guy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, gotcha. But I mean, like every time I go on Netflix now and I see like the Netflix banner on a bunch of comedy specials because there's just they're there and it's weird because growing up for me like i feel like saturday nights and even friday nights i feel like friday nights was always tgif eating pizza with the family 2020 because i wanted to be terrified and then usually fox would have a bunch of stand-up stuff from the laugh factory and you know larry the cable things. guy and jeff fox well yeah jeff a little bit there at the end but I'm, I'm older than you're giving me ellen for sure yeah. yeah you know what i mean and then watching that on saturday nights too after snl or after uh mad tv and finding stuff like that but then it did do that thing where it like dipped where it was you know i wasn't seeing the gary shandling stuff anymore mm-hmm. and it was you, okay cool stand-up's happening but it is a thing to go to but how you know da, da, da. and now with streaming it does feel like it's that's everywhere. a good point that's a good point yeah, yeah i mean and I feel especially since like a perfect analogy for that is we were talking a lot. We were watching the roast at, at the old place before we got in the new studio and you brought up Anthony Justin like, and I'd never heard of him before. Who's my favorite. I love Anthony Justin. Like, and uh, I started reading some of his tweets and I was like, motherfucker, this guy is right up my alley as far as saying the most inappropriate things at the most inappropriate times. Yeah, he's great, man. Like he have you watched thoughts and prayers? On uh, Netflix, it's really good. Thoughts and prayers. It's his new. It's it was his, his Netflix special. I, I think I did. I, I think watched. I did watch it's that. Yeah, so fantastic. Fuck, he's funny he's the best. So inappropriate. He's the best. Like like in my mind, like I, I him like, and Dan and Tosh are like on that level of yeah, like, exactly. Like, I mean, like they don't like. I love that they don't fucking care. They don't care. Anything. And like and that's and that's <laughs> that's what's so important because but not in the way that most community all the communities get legitimately does not fucking give a shit about anything. That no, comes I, out I think Anthony Justin like specifically really resonated with me. I love insult comedy. First of all, and second of all, because that's why I love roasts. Like I'll watch a roast of anyone because they're just so funny. Like they're so, the, the, they're so good. Like the, the, some of these people are like Lisa Lampanelli is another one that's fucking excellent at roasts. These, there's there's people that are just that are just good at making fun of other people. And and yeah, you wouldn't want to be part of that ridicule. But when you're all when you're all in on the joke, like everyone on the dais is like it's about it's the roast of Bob Saget, but nine of your ten jokes are about how Lisa Lampanelli fucks black guys or whatever. <laughs> like it's it's just it's just funny because the roasts have totally disintegrated. Like some people get up there and don't even talk about the person that is there. They're just making fun of everyone else. Yeah, it's, it's fun because they have fun with it, and I think it's fun and interesting to do that. And I like that it's a re, you know Anthony Jeselnik's a, a visceral reaction in a way to uh, the safe space microaggression fucking nonsense that's oh, yeah. been ruining comedy. And that you know people like Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld I think is the is probably the best in my mind the the, the best stand up comic ever. I just saw him uh, earlier in the year in San Diego. Uh, at a stand up and it was fucking awesome. He's just awesome. And and just just great, just observational, just just PG thirteen, but still like you like he's the funniest guy that doesn't get raunchy really. You know, yeah. as opposed to Larry David who's funnier when he's raunchy. And and uh 
what I think is, is, is kind of so valuable about these kinds of people is they're like, you know what? Like, fuck you guys. Like, we're going to joke about literally whatever we want to joke about. And, and we'll joke about race. We're going to joke about your sexuality. Mm-hmm. We're going to joke about your religion. We're going to joke about the fucking most heinous shit because we're comedians and we're here to laugh. We're not here to take ourselves seriously. Right. And ever and no matter how dire or dark things get like the guy that's on SNL. Now I can't think of his name is a young Italian kid uh, whose dad was a firefighter in New York city who died in nine 11. Mm. And he, during a row, one of the roasts, he got there and made nine 11 jokes about his dad. About how like like his dad literally died in 9-11 and he's up there making jokes about his dad, you know, and I'm like, that's that's so distasteful and it's funny and like yeah. I, and like and, and 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 that's 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 a that's a fine thing. And I, I think comedy is so important and to have this bound boundaryless comedy, which is why when Anthony Jeselnik was just the exact opposite of the way things were trending or people were trying to get to comedy trend. You don't have to make fun of marginalized people and kind of shut the fuck up. Like it's, it, it's, it's comedy, right? Making fun By of definition, people it's supposed that to have, have like, right? it's, it, that's, what's fun about it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like that's okay. It doesn't mean that they mean it personally. You can make a joke about a transgender person. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. You know, uh, but what, but to, to the Jerry Seinfeld example, the reactionary kind of other way of it is like Jerry Seinfeld refuses to play college campuses anymore. Because people are just people way are just like they're just like, because like he way said it, too liberal. He said he made a joke, which I think is a great joke, and I think I showed Greg a long time ago. It's, when he's like, awesome. he's like, people are like on their phones, like gay French kings scrolling, like no, no, you know, like through this or whatever, and like with very flamboyant hand gesture, and people got offended by that joke, and he's like, fuck yourselves, you know, like yeah. first of all, I don't need to do this. Second of like, I right. have five hundred million dollars in the bank. Second of all, and counting. <laughs> yeah. Second of all, like. You're ru- you, people like you ruin comedy. So when I see someone like Anthony Jeselnik who, or Tosh, who's like way over the line, yeah. I'm like, good. We need people like you so that we know where the line is and let a few of you cross it. Uh, but I do want to give a, sh- a special shout out to someone who I hold near and dear to my heart, who I think is the most brilliant rambler, who is who is, is Rodney Dangerfield. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want, I encourage people to go on, watch Rodney Dangerfield on The Tonight Show. Um, and... It is, he doesn't even do, he, sometimes he goes on stage, but it's just, he's so good. Like, yeah, between, it's classic. Uh, between Carson and McMahon, where they all know how to feed off of each other, and it's a total act for 15 minutes. Everyone's, Carson's kind of in on it, McMahon's kind of in on it, but, but you know, it's like a whole rambling thing. It's like, but, but, but your wife's not afraid. It's like, oh, my wife, you know, and then like, yeah. and then like they know how to feed him the yeah, lines yeah, yeah, and the right. jokes. Set, and set just, him up, set him up. It's so fucking funny. Like, it doesn't get much funnier than that. And the other, random zeitgeist kind of comedian that I want to give a shout out to, which Scott Bromley will be very proud of because he was an inside joke between me and Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, um, fuck, Andrew Dice Clay is fucking terrible. The Dice man. Yeah, terrible. But if you go just go, put your mind in 88, 89, 90, 91. Go listen to his, his stand-up routines and go watch him play MSG or listen to his little comedy club things or whatever mm-hmm. before he fell off the face of the planet. They're, for the time and place, shockingly good and shockingly funny you know like well that was the whole point with him right he wanted to be dice clay wanted to be the first like rock and roll comedian right he wanted to be the elvis of comedy he wanted to be he wanted to be able to say and do anything and and like and just shock the shit out of everyone and he did it but inevitably what happens with any any polarizing character like that is he is it just takes a little bit of the tide to change because i read his autobiography and people the, the whole world that used to support you just fucking gobbles you up. And sure. it happened overnight. Well, that's the whole thing with, I mean, back to the safe space and all this different stuff with Jesselneck or with Tosh and bringing in a little bit of current events is the fact that what I've always find fascinating about stand up comedy is that social contract of 
going to a stand-up show like we did last mm-hmm. night, right? And uh, Danny from Sasquatch uh, Sketches in town tonight. I might try to make it to his show at Cobbs. But you go in there and you know that you're in on this joke and yeah, you know people right. are going to push and they may call you out of the crowd and they may talk to you. The Can woman you tried to get up to go to the bathroom and the guy was like, where are you going? Where are you going? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? What's happening? Like, there's that thing, but it is that, <laughs> that that point of if I go to see Anthony Jesselneck or Tosh, uh, Daniel Tosh, I've given them my money because I know what their comedy is mm-hmm. and I know what's going to happen, right? And remember, there was all that blowback on Tosh I don't even remember anymore. It was years, two years ago or whatever, where he made a rape joke and a woman stood up and then he started talking and I, it was, he went too far with her and he did have to put out an apology or whatever because it got videoed and, the, and that's happened before too, where something gets videoed and cut out. And then even Jesselneck who like when there's a national tragedy, there's a school shooting. He is tweeting about it in that moment. He's tweeting out punchlines or whatever. Brand. And there's, it's been before where he, I think he did delete a tweet or something like, blah, blah, blah. He hasn't done it in a while, by the way, but last tweet about it happened yesterday, I think, or over weekend, right? That, not the social contract. If I'm following Tosh, if I'm following Jesselneck, I know what I'm involved in. If yeah. I'm seeing them, I know what I'm involved in. And did you see this thing with the SNL writer over the weekend? Yeah. yeah. This SNL writer. She uh, made fun of Trump's youngest kid. I don't know if she made. I I I think the joke's funny personally, but it was yeah. The, like he's the what, what's his young son? Baron. Baron's gonna be Baron Trump is gonna be the first. His last name's Baron. No, Baron's the first, first name. Baron. Baron. Yeah, it's dope. Baron, that's a baller. Baron Trump is going to be the first super villain, first uh, ten-year-old yeah, at home or homeschooled so, school shooting, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it, yeah, is, yeah. it is a funny joke, but 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 if that, if that came from Jesselneck in a even yeah, in a tweet right. or in, right. in a comedy show, we'd be like, oh, you fucking that's well, that's what you do. And she did it, and I'm sure she does stand up. I know, like Drucker, who's a writer, sure, sure. does stand up. Blah, blah blah. I don't know this woman's background at all. She's a writer, but clearly she man. wasn't ready to be thrust on that thing, and the people following her weren't necessarily ready for that and like then it just becomes this whole thing because like I feel like if Trump or, or Trump if uh, uh Tosh or Justin like had made that joke they'd be like yep well that, but the, whatever yeah. <laughs> and the big difference there is that neither one of those guys will or ever will work for NBC right yeah. they're not going sure. on good point they're too. not employees of of you know a, a, a organization that can get fined by the FCC right. heavily for one of your employees saying something like that right yeah um you'd have to go on air but still and you know so I think Ultimately, while I, I think the joke was a little bit in poor taste as far as like, I don't know, I think there are, there are some things that are off limits and making fun of someone's 10 year old kid who can't defend himself is a little fucked up. I did laugh at the joke. I did. I'm not going to say that I didn't. I didn't have a chuckle. Yeah. But um, do I think she should be fired for that? Well, I mean, you know, it's a private organization. She probably had a contract with them saying she wouldn't do anything like that. So you know, nothing. I mean, she hasn't not, been fired. I think she's been put on suspension. suspension. Is what it, it is. Was. It is yeah, a great yeah. joke. And the 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 uh, <laughs> it's a great joke. <laughs> and the the. I understand the the hypocrisy of it. Sure. I get that. No one would have ever made a joke about the Obama girls ever, ever. It would have never happened. Laura Bush, for instance, and all or not Laura. Uh, that's the the that's, that's the, the wife. wife. Uh, Jenna the Bush, Bush yeah. uh, the Bush daughters. People made a lot, of left, a, a lot of left and right because they were drunk in college and all that. Yeah, they, they showed up in the superficial about it for like a good Chelsea, three people used to make fun of the way Chelsea looked and all that kind of stuff. Sprout into a beautiful woman, I will say. Uh, but like there is a little bit of hypocrisy there. Would she have made a joke about the Obama girls? Definitely not. But I still don't think she should have been castigated and, and all that kind of stuff. Or it is a joke. And I really do believe you can joke about anything you want. But you also have to deal with the repercussions from the private yeah. organizations yeah, 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 that, yeah. That, do, that do employ you. But I didn't think, th- I thought the joke was definitely in bad taste. Some but of my I, favorite jokes of all time are in way worse taste but, that, that. but that's but that's the cathartic <laughs> thing about this right and i'm not saying we're not sitting here saying like these jokes are right or wrong but the fact that people are allowed to tell them in this country without being thrown in a fucking prison or being persecuted because of that is a very very important thing whether or not you, you agree or disagree with it there's something to be said for people who take the step and will say things that you think 
but you would never say in public or never say to anyone else. And it is a backlash that a lot of people feel powerless right now because Trump is in office. Whether or not that's founded or is going to list the apocalypse or just gonna be totally fine is, is we don't know, right? But there needs to be people out there that will go, I'm going to say this fucked up thing that everyone's thinking right now because it's cathartic for the world to hear that there's other people that think it, right? And they have to be able to do that. We have to have people that can do that. I don't agree with some of the, the jokes that people have. I mean, it's a little fucked up. But I think I absolutely agree that Anthony Justin like, should be around. Tosh should be around. And, he should, and they should be absolutely allowed to say whatever the fuck they want. I, I mean, I think that there there's a lot of kind of politics to come into play with the whole crossing line and saying vulgar things just to say things, especially when it comes to a lot of the female comedians. I think that like a lot of people's criticism of them is like, Oh, it's that you're just making jokes about pussy. Cause it's funny you saying pussy, but I feel like a lot of that comes down to it. it they, like, that is the baseline to get people to listen to then it's then on them to be clever yeah. and to add an extra layer. And I think that on the, the other end in terms of saying really offensive shit, it's really easy to say really offensive shit that, quote unquote, everyone's thinking because it's just like that. That's the stuff that's supposed to be hard to say because you're not supposed to say it. So it's well, easy. It's easy to just when you have the stage to say the shit and have people relate because there's a lot of bad people out there. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's when you do that and then you are clever about it. And there you, there is commentary. It's not just. Being oh, yeah, there has to. I'm not just saying. And I think that like, Anthony Justin is a perfect example of somebody that there there is. There always is a like the joke is the fact that he knows that it's a bad thing that he's saying. Yeah. He knows that other people are um, thinking it, but I watching it, I get the feeling of he's kind of judging me for thinking it too. Well, it's like, it's, it's like a sin eater, right? It's like, I'm going to say this thing. You're going to have a reaction to it. And then you're going to, what's it say about you? Your exactly. reaction, what does it say about you? Yep. Let's think about it. it. It just gives you one second to think about like those horrible things without having to confront the, your own ramifications of having said them. Right. And I think that's a very powerful and important thing. And again, Justin like knows what he's doing, and I, I would say that his con his his puns like he kind of you know he just uses like a normal kind of joke structure, where he kind of sets it up and then gives you something you didn't think. But I would say they're brilliant, and I would say that there's a lot of commentary packed into those. Absolutely, yep, absolutely, absolutely. I absolutely. Think Same the, with Tosh. The thoughts and prayers special, the thoughts and prayers joke specifically. If you're only going to watch one thing, I think that should be the just thing. Fast forward to the end, to. and then yeah, watch that. It's so funny, and like that is such good commentary on the whole thing. When it comes to the whole safe space argument, like that's a whole other tar uh, topic. And I, I honestly like as an idea, that's not a bad thing. People should feel comfortable. Right. Like, I don't think anyone would argue that ideally people are comfortable. That's a sure. That's an ideal that people should strive towards. And if you don't want to strive towards that, like that's, I think, deeply upsetting um, as a characteristic of you. But I think that like his whole joke about it, it's like it is it says a lot and about not just the it's not the safe space versus being able to say what you want. Like, it's not a war. It's more about like bringing attention to the fact that like don't make everything about you. Right. Or, or, you know, but that's, that's, that's an important point. And that's probably the most important point, right? Is that it's not whether it's true or not. It's whether you ask yourself if it's true or not. Right. Is you actually taking a second, like that joke specifically is a perfect example. And I'll, I don't, I don't want to ruin the joke, but yeah, don't. It's, it's important to talk. Just go about watch it. it and enjoy. It. Go watch it, but but the commentary is is very much on our on commentary on, on on social media outlets when when big tragedies happen and it questions people's motives of why they go on and and say things. Um, and I think it's important to think about that, right? It's important for every individual to be like, why am I using this platform? Why am I taking this opportunity for that this big thing happened to remind people that I'm you know I'm still alive, I'm still here, like. And I, I don't. Uh, and we're drifting into another yeah. topic. We're drifting. Into Let's but, come back but, here. But to take that back to the, the to the other side, back to the comedy thing. I think that with Anthony Jeselnik, it's like, well, it's literally his job and his brand to be inflammatory and to say the cleverest thing he can think about mm -hmm. the tragedy that just happened. And so I think that like we do need people like that uh, to an extent. 
But I think that that's what he does, and that is where he starts to have the commentary on what stand-up comedy is and what people are expecting mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And when it comes to that, to me, my favorite stand-up special I've seen is Bo Burnham. Mm. Fucking love that guy. I've loved him back since he was just making stupid YouTube videos in his room and just seeing the progression of him getting an MTV show, getting the Comedy Central special, getting the Netflix special he just got, and there was a CD in between. Like, there's just been such growth. And just the commentary of him questioning what art is and what it means to be an artist and what Mm -hmm. it means to be famous and what it means to want to be in front of an audience and perform and like saying these things like where it's really questioning why what is this joke for is it to make you laugh or is it to make is it like is it to because i think it's funny to make you laugh or is it just to make you laugh you know because i feel like when people go to a lot of these stand-up comedy shows it's kind of just like you know what i'm just gonna sit here and just kind of laugh at things mm-hmm. there's there's just a cadence right sure here's a setup here's a punchline. Here's some space for some laughs. I'm going to pu- make a, a joke about this person. It's funny because he's pointing at someone. Like, right. it, it gets really broken down that way. But I think Bo Burnham makes the joke about the performance of it. And it's, it, his last, the special, Make Happy, is like, yeah, I've by the it. end of it, you're like, holy shit, man. I feel like a changed person. Yeah. I, I've only seen a few dark, minutes of that, man. but he definitely adds a lot of dimension to his to, to the normal stand-up act for sure. Yeah. How do I see? Before we end this topic, my final thing to put you on the spot, Nick, is what's going on with you wanting to do stand-up? Uh, that was your resolution. I have Beautiful. a ton of material that I've written. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to compile it down and then what open mic I'm going to go to, and that's pretty much the next step. Nice. So, yeah, I've researched it. There's obviously a great scene up in San Francisco, but I'm super new to it. I'm going to go there and so, ridicule you wherever you go. I'm, gonna go you. I'm just going to call you out. Like, you said, what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> We've never met, show? have we? What do you do for a living? Uh, but, no, that's the question. Like, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how to get into the start. I think it's I think it's fun. I think open maybe, maybe I'll go and and it will suck and I'll hate it and whatever. But I think it's just always something I've wanted to try out. So um, yeah, that's the next step for me is just pounding that down into whatever you're supposed to do on an open mic night. Maybe it's five, 10, 15 minute sets. I don't know. I mean, I've seen people do it where they read off a card. I guess you just, there's no real hard or fast rule. That could be your thing. That could be your joke. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hello. My name's Nick. Nick. (laughs) I'm from (laughs) San Francisco. Francisco. But not originally. Before well, we can start the next topic, but I forgot to cancel our dinner reservation. Okay, so I'm going to do it well, now. It's, it's too. There's no way, right? Well, I'm going to see if they'll move it. Now you're talking. While I you, like where your head's at. While you do that, I'm going to give some shout outs to oh. Hannibal Burris. Yes, thank you. I wrote him down. Oh, he's fucking hilarious. Mitch Hedberg, rest in peace. Mitch Hedberg. Oh, Mitch Hedberg. Um, oh, I, th- I thought it was going oh. straight to it. I think it's going to go. I think I have to press zero. I really want to go Nopa. Hannibal Burris. Yes. I've never seen his stand up. Is he's it good? Funny. He's funny. Yeah. Because I love him in Prod City. He's funny. On your next Virgin America flight. He's got a Netflix special. Hi, how are you? His next Virgin uh, America flight, they have uh, him on the in flight entertainment. Okay. That's where I found him. And I tweeted at him. And I said, I said, hey, I said, hey, good sh- I listen to you on Virgin America. Good, good, good stuff. And he, he tweeted back. So thanks. Really? Yeah. He's, like, he's a down ass motherfucker. He's so funny. And I, I have no. Thing to back this up but in broad city he's one of the main characters i could say he's probably the third main character in yeah. the show uh, besides the two girls he's dating one of them and uh every scene he's in i'm convinced is all improv like uh, i'm probably. convinced i'm convinced probably. that there's no script to it it's just more like so here's the scenario guaranteed us off of what the lines that we have and sure oh my hannibal burris is just so funny like, he's always kind of there and like there's times you can kind of just see him he's just like because that show is ridiculous they put him in weird ass positions like they're at a dog wedding and he's just like, I'm just going to say stuff. And it's funny as hell. Very funny. Shout out to, uh, of course, Joe Rogan as well. One of my favorites. Oh, my favorites. you do love that Rogan. Tried watching his stand-up. Not for I, everyone. I talked about this. What was it? Triggered? Yeah. Triggered. This is his stand-up time. It lasted about 10 minutes, and I'm just yeah. like. That's a shiny shirt he's wearing in that one, too. 
He does wear a very shiny blue shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, I think, I mean, uh, you know, to each his own. Everyone's, you know, he, Joe comes from a different kind of style of, of stand up. He comes from, he, he talks a lot of crazy psychedelic shit and, and politics. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I've been a huge fan of his podcast for the longest time. That's why I know all these people, including him, Brian Callen. Like, yeah. uh, Tom Segura has got another one that's fucking genius. Um, and obviously, uh, Joey Diaz. If you don't know Joey, Joey Diaz, you should absolutely listen to something that his stand up is. Uh, yeah, I've it's heard. fucking crazy. It's a crazy. I heard some. Okay. No good. I didn't, I didn't think they were going to. Let me hear uh, with this blast from the past. Noriega Pizza. Let's go there. Noriega Pizza. Pizza place in Noriega. Remember yeah. that one? Irving let's Pizza. Uh, Irving Pizza, right? Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's All right. Go. Great. Nick. Yes. What's your final topic? Uh, you guys were talking guy. about uh, Dippin' Dots this morning and Kevin went online. And how, how tor- terrible it is. Uh, that's not the topic. Uh, Kevin went online Dude, to Amazon yeah. and you, you asked him to read reviews of it. Right. right? And the reviews uh, ranged from slightly helpful to completely fucking stupid. And I wanted to know if you guys use product reviews, will you buy shit? Or if, if you, at this point, we, as a culture, we're just like, I don't believe anything these fucking people oh, say. Great so, question. So this topic is the first time we've ever discussed this on the show, but I feel like the answer for me relates back to something that we've talked about many times, which is when you are a, a child of the internet, right? When you grew up using this thing, it's all just kind of in your head now and mm-hmm. subconscious, but there is definite, there's a ritual that goes through. Okay, lay it on it's, me. It's What's the robotic ritual? and it just happens. But it reminds me a lot of when we did the topic about um, music downloading services like LimeWire and Kazaa and, and Napster mm-hmm. and all that. It's like, how do you know which are the virus files? How do you know right. which are the, the fake songs that aren't actual mm-hmm. songs or whatever? You just kind of train yourself to realize like- There's right, a hidden language there's, in there, right? There's a hidden language yeah. here. Like you start looking at the, the kilobytes per second. You start looking at the um, how many peers are there? How many people have downloaded? There's just some telltale signs where you're like, you want to stay away from this. When, in terms of reviews, there's the obvious answer. Stay away from the five, stay away from the ones. Right, like you think? I because my that's the thing. My first instinct is to go to the ones, no, and then balance that with the fives. No, it's the threes happens. and fours. You're, you're so right? wrong, Nick. You're that's why you make the worst purchases. I ever. really do. And I it's super so do. infuriating. I know. No, so I mean, the have you ones, seen my mouse? Like the ma- majority of the time, ones are just like, oh man, I like I, the shipping was horrible and like this thing fucked up. It's, it's never really about, yeah, it's not the, about product, the product, or it's about just the, or the day they had inability yeah. to to cope like, with life, to cope with <laughs> life and what ha- was happening at the time. And there's sometimes where like yeah, the thing just totally didn't work. But I just think that more often than not, ones are not valid. Fives are pretty much the same thing. Where it's like, I mean, if if all of the reviews are fives, that's a really good sign. But I like to to stay more in the the three, and I think four is actually the four and two are the best best places. But if it's a two, why are you even looking at this product? You should be moving on already, anyways, right? right? Like obviously number of reviews that really matters, but like it also kind of doesn't if it's just a bunch of the stars. You got to get. That's in my there. problem though. Like, where's that threshold? Because if you're buying something on Amazon and it's a very popular product, it could have potentially like a thousand reviews. So is that if you see something that has four reviews and it's at five stars versus something that has eight hundred reviews and only at four stars, which one's more? I valuable? lean towards the the latter. The one mass? for sure. Yeah, because because the thing no. there. It, no, I'm just not shaking my head at Kevin with all these cuts. It is. It's clearly a conversation between you two. But rather than keep you and it's ta ta, you're responding off camera. Uh, You're over it, ambitious. Is like usually because I there's a lot of times I I don't buy something without really thinking about it right. first. Like I will antagonize. I know this like, about you. Yeah, agonize it took over. You, it took you like six months to buy a hard drive one time. Oh my! Well, I, it did. <laughs> kind of funny life too. Uh, but 
uh, that I compare all of the different ones. Smart. I find the ones You're and I smart like websites have you know found out people do this shit, so mm-hmm. they start doing the whole thing of where you can compare the different items next to each other, yeah, or it's like people that bought this ended up buying that. Love that feature. There's all this shit that just kind of comes into you like a, a base knowledge of just like understanding how to shop and look at all these reviews. But it really does come down to you got to read it. And something I found on Amazon in the last two years that's been really helpful: the Q and A section. The Q&A section. Yeah. More important than reviews 100%. will ever be. Mm-hmm. 100%. You go there and there's a bunch of questions. Seeing those, yeah. You're going to find the question that you have. Because mm-hmm. all you're reading the review for is some very specific thing that right. they're not going to say in the description. Even if they do, you don't You know you can trust them. Yep. What's the battery life? They'll say what the battery life is. I don't fucking trust you. What's the data transfer speed of this hard drive? Whatever. Get hard drive specifically, right? Mm-hmm. Is it a 7200 RPM drive or is it a 5400 RPM drive? They don't say that in the description. Why? Because general consumers don't give a fuck. When you're trying to edit a video, you need to know that shit. Yeah, it's got to be fast. So go to the Q&A section. Oh, there'll be a detailed breakdown. It's like, oh, if you buy the two terabyte version, it's this. If you buy four terabytes, I'm like, thank you. I'm buying the four. It's what I need to know. Q&A section. Gotcha. Shout out to you. So yeah. then, sorry, Greg, did you have something? No, I was just saying, yeah. Uh, so then where does this, tra- does this translate over to everything in your guys' lives? A perfect example for me is I have actually, and I don't like the fact that I do this, but now on Netflix, if something has less than three stars, mm. I won't even give it a, a chance. You know what I mean? That, which is a form of sort of the reviews, right? We, yeah. Yeah. We talked a little bit about this, I think you and me off mic maybe, or when I was talking about my movie list from last year. Mm-hmm. And what I, I, last year was where I broke out of my shell and gave up a little bit on the stars. And I'm talking mainly about Amazon Instant. Okay. Because right, what I like to do is go into the Amazon Instant. What are the new movies? Okay, great. And like, oh, this is happening. That's happening. And forever it would be, oh man, I like everybody in this movie, but it's got two stars. I'm right. gonna waste my time on that. And then I took, a, I bit, you know, jumped. I was like, I like these people in this movie. Some Aubrey Plaza movie that wasn't reviewing well, right? Watched. I was like, that was great. I like those people. Mm-hmm. And I did it again with another movie. Did another. You sure there's a bad one here or there or whatever? Well, but it's like, okay, cool. No, I need to stop. I need to start ignoring the stars. Do I like the premise? Do I like the players? Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll try that mm-hmm. out. You know what I mean? But then how far after you click on it are you like, no, I'm not watching this movie. Well, on Amazon Instant, Amazon Instant's great because I have skin in the game. Amazon Instant, I'm talking about renting the new movies. Oh, right? interesting. Okay, so you got to so, go the whole time then. Exactly. So I, 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 whereas Netflix is the complete opposite. Netflix, I, if it's got two stars or one and a half stars, like that's a fucking shit movie usually. But I'll do it. I'll do it. Like, all right, you know, whatever. Anna Ferris is in this. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I sure. jump in there and I'm like, Anna Ferris. That's just what I, I pulled. I such a crush on I just Anna pulled, Ferris. Oh, yeah. It's a scary movie? Yeah, come on. Pulled it out of the blue on that one. Yeah. But you jump in and like, no, if you don't hook me and this looks shitty and then I'm fucking out. That's the problem with it. Mm. And Netflix, I, I only go to for documentaries and stand-up specials right. or like West Wing if I'm, and Young Justice reruns. Oh, yeah, West Wing's still there. Where it's like, that's great, but like if I'm taking a shot, I'm taking a shot on Amazon that's just because I th- I feel like I have to commit and I have, another, to, make, I have to do thing, my research. Another thing with Amazon, too, is the Prime thing. I think Prime, I gives it gives me an automatic, like, I trust you more. Yeah. Like, And I, I think that as you know time goes on, the third-party sellers are a little bit more trustworthy. But still, at the end of the day, if Prime is an option, even if the Prime costs $2 more, I trust it. More. You're talking about okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're talking about product products now, right? Yeah. Because Prime Video is a thing too. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Prime. So that's the opposite because it's free for you. <laughs> you can just take a chance on any of those because, like, like he's talking about some. You have to actually buy buy videos to watch buy videos yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on Prime. You can just watch the Prime video. Yeah, I'm talking about like order. products when you right. have to ship gotcha, them. Gotcha. Ship them. I'll go out of my way to use only Prime. I'll yeah. check that little box too. Like only show me Prime stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, ain't got I time just, to fuck around with you. I got time to fuck around, so I do. So I like to. I do organize my Prime first. I got time to fuck around, and then then I'm like, so I do. I go and like look at what because I want to know the other options. Like for uh, what I mainly have to do because the problem is like when you start getting to like hair products and shit, right? For some reason, Amazon doesn't have them all. 
Like it's always a third party seller that has the three pack that I'm looking for. Sure. So I will weigh my options there and I'll be like, I can wait more than two days to get this. So that's not the problem, but it's more, do I trust these guys? Mm -hmm. Cause those like the prime ones always have a bunch of reviews. Then you look at the, these other like random ass little things. I'm like, do I want to try this new product that only has three reviews? They're all good. Dangerous. But I don't know. Dangerous. You gotta roll those dice sometimes. I know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Call I don't do Yelp reviews, any reviews either. Uh, that was going to be my next question. Like, where do you guys come down on Yelp? Yeah, Yelp. Erin's uh, a big Yelper. Really? Loves Yelp. Does yeah. she actually leave reviews? Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, Yelp's kind of a tricky thing because, like, there are. Hardwater sucks now, but Hardwater used to be great and it had, like, three and a half stars. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, like, it's definitely not. Maybe Nope is 4.4. Nope is, like, a five star restaurant. I mean, maybe so, like, the thing with the Hardwater, maybe the people reviewing it saw it coming. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. But then, you know, I, I've been thinking about Metacritic. Uh, in terms of mm. and other aggregates where I'm like, you know, the last guardian, you know, 83. I'm like, yeah, all right. So you have to make it. So yeah. you have to make your own kind of yeah decision based on your, the way you feel, you yeah. know, uh, that's why I hate, always hated putting numbers on reviews mm -hmm. when I was at IGM because I was like, I don't like, yeah, I, I'm reading the rubric. The rubric says this, this is how I feel about it. But depending on how you even read this review, that number might not even be accurate, so I don't really have any idea. So I kind of, I kind of take that rationale to Amazon and to other places where I don't really deal with the unless there's like a precipitous like two and a half star rating in which five hundred people have given it, you know, something that right. nets there on Amazon. I'm not really wary of that. Mm -hmm. The Q and A section is very useful. Uh, I also just buy what I want anyway. So like, it's like I don't need your review on the uh, the six pack of Crest toothpaste. I'm just going to buy that. Right. You know. You know. You uh, like that. Yeah. You've proven. So, you've proven to yourself that Crest is, is the brand of choice. So uh, yeah. So to me, it's like I'm I'm always wary, and and I don't really believe anyone at what anyone says at any given time. It goes mm -hmm. back to the fake news thing, where I'm like, I don't really believe anything. So so it goes back to that as well. Like uh, the the last time I bought a product that I never I wasn't familiar with was I bought a scale so I can obsess over my weight. That was a really smart decision, and uh, <laughs> it was a scale that is this very cheap but mass market scale that I bought on Amazon that was reviewed thousands of times and had a 4.6 or something. And I'm like, okay, it uh, weighs things. Yeah. Like, like oh, we know that it's okay. And that's, I have but no idea what's right or not. It's telling people. me that I'm way fatter than I should be. So, right. And then I, you know, definitely don't obsess over it. So, uh, yeah. So I, but I don't often just go on there and just buy will. I'm not, I guess what I'm saying is I don't buy big items where I'm worried about it. You know, like if sure. it doesn't work out, it's like, all right, I guess it's not. Yeah, not. see, you're the opposite of me. Like for me, if I were to buy a scale, I would go to Amazon or first I'd start at Google and I would. Scale uh, review, in, best scale 2017. You literally <laughs> took the words out of my mind. You put best the product and then the year you're in. Yep. Right. You see what people are saying. Yeah. And then there's all those top 10 websites that you can't trust because they they're all Page, sponsored pagenated. things where they're trying yeah. to fucking like make money off that shit. But like you look at like I trust CNET overall to at least as a starting sure. point sure. of like looking at them and I'm like, okay, you go wirecutter.com. One of the best sites ever. Mm, it's like, it's what a thing. Their entire site is, it'll be, you. it's kind of what I'm talking about. Like there's a product you can click on and it'll be like top 10 of that. And it's like, there'll be subsections of it. So it's like a little like flow chart where it's like, um, so you're, you're looking for a monitor. So if you're looking for a best monitor, 2017 computer monitor, it'd be like, are you looking for a widescreen? Are you looking for a big monitor? Are you looking for a small one? And like, kind of just keeps going. And it's like, if you're looking for a 24 inch monitor, here's the top 10. And the top 10 is curated by people that are experts in that field, experts on the internet. Right. It's just people, which I trust way more than 
random Amazon idiot that doesn't know what the hell he's doing with this monitor, doesn't understand the refresh rate or this or that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I want people that know what they're talking about to tell me what. Right. I don't know. You need right? a list of top 10 booties. So, I mean, they're, they're there. <laughs> baby booties. There's a bunch of baby products there. There's that. Uh, but anyway, wire cutter, wire cutter is fantastic. I want to give mean, a if bucks. I were to get a scale, I'd be looking. Yeah, I'd be on a wire cutter, a different looking kind of up booty. scales, and the scales would be there and be like, "This scale has Wi-Fi. This scale has Wi-Fi plus ad hoc, whatever." And yeah. I'd be like, Well, fuck, do I need the ad hoc? You might need it. I do want to give a shout out to Yelp because I I've talked about it before, and so I won't beat the dead horse. But I've noticed I was I you know I was trying to Yelp review, or I I wasn't trying. I noticed I was Yelp reviewing, but only when I was having bad experiences, which totally breaks it. So rather than try to commit to doing good because I knew I couldn't do that when I had a great experience. I just stepped away and I feel like Yelp does have that community where it's not even do I have to look at how many it's been. You can go to a restaurant and you can see the elite users who have done it like Gadge, who works at GameSpot used to work with mm-hmm. us at IGN is like super fucking Yelp guy and you go in and like I'll go to random San Francisco restaurants to see on Yelp to see if they're good and the top review will be from him and that is and it's also the thing where people share photos and they overshare information and so if it is the food is great or I didn't like this or you know this isn't how this works like I feel like Yelp the community that actually reviews on Yelp is really into it whereas with Amazon it totally can just be order this thing it fucking sucks here's why or, you know it, but it yeah. sucks because of the box being broken the best the best Yelp reviews are not even the ones that tell me anything useful the best Yelp reviews are the ones that take me on a little take me on a little ride oh uh, and I love when people and I love the yeah, KDR tell me what you fucking well, tell me in, th- in a thousand words what happened to you here today <laughs> tell me because I want to know extenuating circumstances yeah, that led you up to that so day funny, and then dude. what happened afterwards some people on there are real and then I'll they click on no them I'll, see, I'll click lies. on their name and I'll start reading oh, like they're funny it's funny like they know they're being funny like it's not like it's being it's totally facetious like I, it was a rain battered day and I was, you know, my, my raincoat was wet as I took it off to wring it out. I saw See, in the, my corner of my sh- eye a, a, a tavern. You know, it's like, it's See, so funny. I think funny. those people like, aren't being funny. I think those people, that's their fucking that's their life. life. That's I their mean, only that, outlet. That, that, and that's that was all they start, fucking have. The start of this topic was that exact same thing for Amazon. Yeah. Where it's like reading these fucking guys, like writing these reviews and it's like, they're talking about like, you know, you joked at McDonald's. You're just like, uh, man, yeah, no, the, the toaster worked great, but my wife left me today. So, <laughs> <laughs> so zero, like one star, I wish I could give it zero, but you know, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the only other thing I fucking hate when people are like, I wish I could give this product zero stars. I'm like, oh, one's enough. You got, you, we you, get the you nailed it with the one. Yeah. You know, but I mean, so my problem with Yelp is I don't trust it. And I, I feel like people just rely on Yelp. You don't know where you are. You're like, oh, I'm just going to find something needs. So you pull up Yelp. The first three recommended things are always like it's it gets stuck with this high rating. So everyone just keeps going there. It's like mm-hmm. a self-perpetuating mm-hmm. thing. So then everyone's like, oh, yeah, cool. Great. And then they just go and they're like, oh, man, just the best burritos in San Francisco. Let me tell you, it's this place. I found it on Yelp. It's like, no, they're not. Stop. Like, just they're just fucking not. And I get you can replace burritos with literally anything. And it's sure. like. That's all I have. Like the, uh, the in Daily City, the best food in Daily City, according to Yelp, is this fucking uh, Korean barbecue next to oh, Daily City yeah. Bart. It's fine. It's totally fine. Number one, nah, bro. There's a lot of good places. There's nah. a lot of good spots in, in Daily City, including Nations. There's, it's true. I'm only kidding. Nations isn't that good, but it's fine. I want to. I want to make one sidebar complaint, <laughs> if I might, about Amazon. Take the floor. The gentleman has the floor. I hate when it's like. Only four left. Order now right. or whatever. And I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Yeah. Why are you telling me this? You should believe them. I don't believe it. I, I don't believe it. You're going to get burned. <laughs> I don't like that they tell you that. They should just, it should just be a fucking roll of the dice. Tim and I got burned no one once should on, know. Uh, 
on on those little shorts. Didn't we? Didn't we try to order those little shorts for kind of funny, kind of funny live, live the aerobics? Yeah. yeah. And Tim's like, I'm sure it'll be. I'm like, should we go to this today? And Tim's like, yeah, we should probably get it. Like, I don't know, because you know, I take forever to buy anything. I'm like, I, maybe we should wait a week. And we waited a week. God, and we, man, we see, fucked that, up. That's a perfect example. Is like we paid ten dollars more for those shorts than we should have, Colin. We're we're talking about these damn reviews. For us, it's not even reviews. Just Nick is just like. I want to pay $15 more per pair of goddamn pink shorts because I want the ones with the stripe on it. No, like, it was it was no. a, it was a matter of white versus uh, a little black like logo on it. And I didn't think the black logo was good against the pink. I thought it just stood out too much. Oh, my God. And if I'm going to be the art director of the show, you have to listen to me. I hate it. That's what's happening. If you didn't know, this has been the Game Over Greggy show each and every week. Four, sometimes five. Best friends gather on this table. You bring a random topic, oh, a discussion a for your amusement. Daddy These are Nike. good feeling packs, man. Oh, man, that worked out forever. I've lost like three pounds recently. Yeah. Just simply from not being lifting, sick, lifting oh. weight and being sick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's sad. Uh, if you want to get the show early along with a bunch of exclusive perks, goodies, and chance to be on the show, have your topic on the show, or to see Kind of Funny live too early, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. If you have no money or no bucks to toss our way, no big deal. You can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny to catch it topic by topic day by day until it posts one big MP3 and video on the following Friday. Until next time, no. It's been our pleasure to serve you.